selection, log it in, let it begin and play to win. Take control of your mind and soul, your destiny is to reach your goal. Enjoy yourself and have no doubt, cause that's what winning is all about. Come on! Yes, yes, sure, play to be ball. Take your best shot and let it fall. Okay, what's up, everybody? Let's lower that music. This is Francisco. Join my, my good buddies, Andrew and Charles, for Sports Goods number 134. So uh, This is titled, Ah, Yes, Sports, because I think we're going to talk about sports today. It's not a guarantee. I have things planned out, but things can go off the rails because I wanted to start off with this question because it came to my head when I was having lunch today, guys. It has nothing to do All with right. sports, of course. So I went to Publix today and had my lunch. You know, I'm t- damn it, Charles, this, this weight is not. I'm, I'm, I can't get out of the 180s right now. I'm 181, 180. It's harder than like, you think. Like I'm trying to pass through that threshold, and it's not. It's not happening. So I'm. But I'm. I'm keep. I, I have to exercise. It, it really has that. But work has not allowed me to do so. I've been super busy. And I just haven't had much chance to do much of anything, really, which which sucks for me. And uh, you know that's that's my thing. But whatever, I'm 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 fighting the good fight, just trying to not go insane and just be like, forget it, forget it. I'm just gonna have Wendy's, which I had on Sunday. I had uh, well on Sunday I had Wendy's the uh, chicken sandwich again, the hot honey. Okay, uh, I got myself a Dave's single alongside it as well, and, and I treated myself, Charles. Uh, on Sunday, so, uh, but I, I want to pose this question to both of you guys. So my main meal today, my main course was those uh, those uh, ready to go takeaway sandwiches that they have on the aisle in the deli aisle in Publix. Yeah, you guys know what I mean. Yep. And I want to pose this question. They're made in Publix. They're subs. Are they considered pub subs? Okay, so yes, but contingency here. Because mm-hmm. I have two definitions for a pub sub. Mm-hmm. I have subs that you buy at Publix, and then we have the what I believe is the synonymous word and meaning and sandwich of a pub sub, which is the chicken tender sub, which is what I had for lunch and dinner today because <laughs> I split in half. Mm. So you're correct, but there is some... Um, alterations towards it okay andrew what do you think uh i i'm with charles here technically anything is anything sold by Publix is a pub sub mm-hmm. but i i tend to associate the pub sub with the chicken tender just the chicken tender sub and not just the chicken tender sub. It, it, everything else has a name the it, ultimate's really? the ultimate really the Italian is the Italian. Huh. People know what you mean. It's like, oh, I got the ultimate sub from Publix. But when I hear pub sub, I've never heard it in association with anything but the chicken tender sandwich. Really? That's how you guys... I, I always defined it as they're all pub subs in their own rights. And and then you just go with like the, the chicken... T- you just describe which one you got. Mm, no. Whereas you guys go straight to default, which is the chicken tender sub. No, we just think that's what they made ketchup famous on. 
you know? Yeah, they, they've just made themselves famous on that one. <laughs> I, w- I can only speak for me, I guess. Uh, uh, I went on a date on Friday, and I mentioned my proficiency for putting check, uh, ketchup on subs. Uh, I got a second date, though. <laughs> so Ladies, I didn't scare listen, this person away. But He's a little it, different, but he's lovely. But it was, uh, it, it, I had to explain myself. And I explained, Andrew, I explained the whole situation and how you publicly outed me live. <laughs> and I was completely blindsided by the conversation. Uh, so, uh, but, but regardless, yes. Okay, so I, I consider them pub subs. I think if it's a sub and it's made at Publix, it's considered a pub sub. But you guys go straight to default and consider just the chicken tender sub. Do you even like the chicken tender sub? I do. That's really... I, okay. it's, it's the calories, man. It's I, I can't do that. If I could do it every day, I would. I would. But... By the way, they're on sale this week. Oh no! No, they no they aren't. Oh, I'm third. Damn it! Oh, Charles, I, I bought it today and I paid full I, price. You don't follow the you know? Twitter feed. I. It's only when I want it. I don't try to let. No one tell me what I should eat. <laughs> How do you think I get the fats in JoJo's? It's the spirit and knowing you want to go through it. Like, I'm in Fort Pierce tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if my hearing gets out by 11 o'clock, we get some chicken waffles, man. Or we going to jo- Well, no, we have to go chicken because I have to go tomorrow and kind of afterwards. So, you know, that's the same thing I go with pub subs. And I guess let's ask the bigger question. How do you guys do your chicken dinner subs? We pro- There'll mm-hmm. be sports at some point. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah this matters. This matters. All right, I, I'll go first. So, uh, chicken tender sub, uh, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, pickles belongs on a chicken sandwich. It does. Uh, it, if you got like Nashville hot, sure. No, 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 no. Just uh, that. Um, uh, if I'm trying to watch my calories, quotation marks, I won't have the mayo on it, but. If not, I want that thing slattered with mayo, mustard, all this stuff. Some salt and vinegar, a little bit of that, too. Uh, cut that thing in half, of course. And, uh, yeah, I think that's... Oh, yeah, and the cheese. Um, I will... Swiss cheese, uh, hot. I want it I want it hot. I want it toasted. Uh, uh, if they don't have Swiss, for whatever reason, <clears throat> Munster cheese is the, is the, the second pick. If they, if they don't have that for whatever reason, then provolone. So that's how I have mine, and then I eat it like an animal afterwards, as Andrew can attest. Respectfully. All right, so <laughs> this is mine, and this is what I had today. The cheese, I'll tell you now, it's whatever my mood is. I put pepper jack on it today, but I can mm. go with Swiss, I can go with cheddar. But it's chicken, it's lettuce, tomatoes, it's the cheese, and I have it tossed in buffalo, and I have honey mustard on it, so I get a little zing with my zest. Oh. And okay. I make sure it's pressed, not toasted. Because if it's toasted, mm. then I think it makes the bread too hard for me. And really? I want a little bit of softness in the texture. Pressed, not that, toasted. Interesting. And if, I really, I, if I'm either really happy in life or if I really need this because I would rather get hit by a bus for a dollar more, I pay for bacon. And let me tell you something. <laughs> the dollar bacon is straight up a game changer. Mm. I'm not even kidding I can only implore people because there's something about that bacon that it's yeah. crispy and you still do not lose any of the salty preservatives in there. 
Yeah, I'm like, holy, holy shit, this is some real stuff here. Andrew, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty simple. Um, one thing I will note is, as time has gone on, I've realized that I'm not a huge fan of the public's method of putting the the dress or the dressing or the sauce or whatever directly onto the bun. Mm. Yeah. Gotta get that tossed. Mm. Because you don't really get the taste of it much. Preach. I'm, 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 what is it? I'm snapping my fingers in support of you on this. (laughs) Because I, I, I love the chicken tender sub. But the other day, um, I swung by Subway. Um, I know blasphemy, as some people would say. And I realized, damn, I, f- I can actually taste the mayonnaise. Hmm. Holy shit. Check that out. wrong. I can taste the mayonnaise. Not that it, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. Andrew's the prophet. He's it, got some truth on it's this. It's almost like, yeah, the mayonnaise kind of just soaks into it and you don't really like it, at, yeah like it, at that point just save the calories and don't get it mm-hmm. or you could put ketchup on it like me that's true <laughs> um but anyway so my ideal chicken tender sub is uh mayonnaise is the dressing um Lettuce, tomato, spinach. Um, depending on how I'm feeling any particular day, I'll put some onions on it. Um, cheese is cheddar. Okay. And uh, pickles. Got to have my pickles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, and I get that like Parmesan cheese sprinkled on. Ah, okay. Yeah, a little snow. Okay, I, I can. I, I'm I can intrigued see you do by that. the Parmesan. Yeah, I can see why you you would do that. I think that's a nice little cheesy treat across the way, a little powdery too. See, okay. I like mayo. Maybe for the texture, how that especially. would taste on the sub. For for the chicken tenders. Mm, okay. Like it's how some people get freaked out with mayo on a burger, but I'm like, no, mayo on a burger is perfectly. Yeah, it belongs there. Oh yeah. It's absolutely acceptable. But I, I never I think thought mayo's outside acceptable the box in most instances, really. But it's weird. I'll have mayo on my McChicken because, you know, I think you're just kind of used to it, but mm-hmm. it never registered to me. But I think I kind of want that now. Mm-hmm. And here's the problem with public subs going on sale. I've had them multiple times during a week. Like, work once gave me, like, a $25 gift card for, like, one of the holidays for Publix. Yeah. And oh. when it was Pub Week, I was like, all right, I ate there, like, three times. That gave me lunch and dinner. I was like, this is fine. Yeah, no. Perfectly I, okay. Uh, I did an internship back in West Palm Beach. And for that whole summer, um, I won a legal, legal aids there. And there's a Publix next. You know, it's downtown West Palm Beach. There's a Publix there. And I, that was basically me every day. I'm surprised I didn't gain a ton of weight just from that alone. Uh, but that I was in my more. That was after year one, so I was still a relatively healthy young man <laughs> back then. But yes, yeah, yeah. If I, like I said, if I could have pub subs every day, I would. 
but I I, I mix them between those uh, those the uh, the little tinier sandwiches that they have ready made that aren't pub subs uh, like with the Kaiser bread and all that stuff and, and, or, or or the uh, the multi grain bread although I, I'm mixing and matching there they got the fruits and vegetables. Uh, that are in little packs and like 180 calories with little bits of cheese and stuff. Uh, so I've been doing that, and I've been ooh. Now we'll save that for the non-sponsors. We'll save that for non-sponsors later on. And um, yeah, so that was that was one thing I want to come out the gate with was was that question alone. And I mean, that is down a nice. And, and this is literally not for anybody who like public is what Florida and maybe some parts of Georgia. Yeah. No, so. it's also up into North Carolina. Really? The Carolinas okay. have it. Okay. All right. So you get a little bit southeast U.S. Southeast U.S. Whereas, uh, so if if you're not around there, then uh, maybe we could talk about Wawa or something in the future. Listen, instead of coming to Florida for Disney and mm. you know their hypocrisy, you can just come to Florida for Pub Subs and Universal. Mm-hmm. I just say I just made your time better. Ooh. You don't want to see some young girl who wanted to go to Juilliard instead of just sleeping with the producer who decided to dress up as Mickey Mouse. Go support Universal and Publix, okay? Disney is a child slave labor factory. Just saying. <laughs> Come with that heat. Come uh, with that heat. Yeah. It's only the beginning of the show, everybody. This, this, this is it. This, this is us. This is what we do. Do you notice that I'm, do you notice that I'm not, uh, not, not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not contradicting you, not saying anything against it, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Disney here. Yeah, yeah, Mr. I, Orlando. I mean, I mean, you yeah. know, because the truth, the truth's out there. Yeah, we all know you're the prophet. You speak that good truth. We all know who pulls about strings in that oh, yeah. area. So, okay, God, they suck so much. All right, so there's that was that question. So I want to bring to attention. See if I can get uh, the Twitter. Uh, up and running here because there there was another thing that was posted oh, oh god well also it's it's a national women's international women's day everybody so uh you go do you girls. have a you go girl i i don't really have one i guess i'm just gonna an overall you go girl to all the women in sports right now um but i don't really have one planned out for today i, I wasn't thinking that far ahead even though there's not much to think on my part when planning this show sometimes <laughs> Uh, and I don't know why they keep logging me out of Twitter on on this freaking thing on, on on the website. But it was uh, another woman that posed this to us, Charles, and it happens to be uh, your sister. With regards to ice cream, I want to put it on the screen before anything else because it was like a uh, one of those 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 images where it's like you pick. I guess you pick like one or two or three of these things, and the rest have to go. Mm-hmm. So. That's what that was. There was another question about cereal that I sent before you as well. And you uh, you didn't want to talk about it because you were already upset during that day. Anyways, you didn't want to get heated any more than that. Yeah. And we had the cereal draft uh, a couple years ago anyways, and we discussed this. So we discussed basically every cereal known to My man. My position has not changed oh, no. if you listened to it two years ago. Yeah. But no, I, 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 every once in a while, one? I do re-listen to it. Just be like, yeah, no, no. I <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun conversation. I like that one. That's a fun. That's one of our, our, our more fun conversations we've had on the show. That's literally when we went off the rails. Yeah. I'm well, just telling you that right now. And, and remember, you got me like three hours into the NFL draft. And you know my, my complete... Uh, apathy for any sort of drafts or prospects. Like, I was just... I was going... 
insane. Well, well we do have the NFL draft next month, so that means I can finally get what I've been searching for because, damn it, Tony's wedding last year stopped that, but I'm mm. not in no wedding in April. That fast food draft, that's always a possibility. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, maybe Andrew can get his his lasso back and up and running and, and wrangle in some people, and we can get that going too. Yeah. Certainly possible. Yeah, because it's like a month Welcome. out. See if they can plan it out and then be like, hey, do you want to join us for a live stream of the draft? And we just have a live stream of uh, fast food items. So, uh, all right. So let me get our profile on here for Twitter. Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff here. Go go, go to our merch store. We got Paris or all of us, uh, stuff if you want to buy that, you know. And... Yeah, I don't care about Paris and Office. Heat are the best team in the NBA. I said it. Mm. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk we're about gonna, that, too. We're, we're right. hill, we're so gonna so this was the serial one. Tough choice. Pick <sighs> one. I and We've made this known. That was made known in the, in the serial draft. Number one for me is number one on this image. It's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I will have. That's fair. I don't that's care fair. how much diabetes I get from that. That that's if all day every day. If that's everything I had to eat for the rest of my life, that's what I would do. Yeah, cinnamon toast crunch. Yes, that's absolute number one. It's cracked to me. I have an interesting story then for you. Mm. Allegedly, and I I can't independently confirm this. I don't care I if there's AIDS or anything inside there. I will still eat it. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Man, you're entering Charles territory for the for yeah, we're, we're, we're on dark humor here today. Watch, watch yourself, Francisco. Well, I, I, I'm just look, hey man, Magic Johnson's living perfectly fine. Okay? You could have literally said crack. You could have said anything, crack, but I had, you could have said practically anything. But I, I don't care what and they the make way, out of that. <laughs> and by the way, he doesn't have AIDS; he has HIV. <laughs> Very big difference. Okay. I think we just made it worse. <laughs> McDonald's anyway. is never coming back. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry Interesting Mr. story time. Sorry, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> anyway, um, so allegedly, I can't confirm this because A, I never had this teacher, and B, I don't know, I can't remember who did. Hmm. And C, I think he's dead now, but of of old age, of old age. Okay. Supposedly, one of the teachers at my high school was one of the co-inventors of your beloved Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, well, uh, whatever version of the Henry Handy his last name is, I would give it to him. I will go, I will dig up his grave and do that as well. You're just giving him a cinnamon crunchy? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, I can't even remember the guy's name, unfortunately. Oh, wow. And very much. He ended up being a high school teacher? He should, wow. These are people we need to make statues for. (laughs) Seriously. This is true. I'm good behind that. There's certain times we've had food where we're like, all right. So I've said mine on the list. What about you guys? Andrew? Uh, trying to remember what your number one was because back then. Yeah. but I, I would hope so. Plus, also, we never got Andrew's opinion. I think. That's true. He so didn't is, He didn't show up for that one. This matters more to me. Yeah. What, for best cereal? Two years later. Yeah, we did the cereal draft two years ago. So, Well, um, hmm. what's your number one pick? 
It doesn't even have to be on this, I don't know, uh, whatever this image is, if it's not there. Are you are are you uh, are you a kicks man? You buy you buy kicks. Well, <laughs> hey man, kicks is not bad in a pinch. I don't think so. All right, so remember the alter ego persona, Andrew, that we created. Oh, a no. lot of what he's gonna say is gonna be dictated on approved. this. He's gonna be like, I like honey bunches of oats, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's not bad. I like honey bunches of oats. Do you remember? Yeah, it's never universal. Do you remember when they made just bunches, and you couldn't yes. find them in stores, and they yeah. and they were like they were super expensive too, and they made them in tiny tiny little boxes. Yeah. Wait, wait. Is is alter ego Andrew the guy who says, "Oh, I want the Captain Crunch, but just the berries," and when he sees that in the hallway, he's like, "This is my berries. specialized one." I love Oops All Berries. That's not bad either. I, I know, but for Alter Ego, Andrew. But what I'm is just, real I'm Andrew? I'm just going to let you guys keep guessing and just no. tell you. I need. Uh, okay, so it's got well, it's got to be a, one of the name brands. I, I don't think it's Wait. anything like like completely obscure. Uh, I mean, I, So do you want me to tell you or what? Yes, fine. Is it Oreo O's? Are you Oreo okay. O's, man? <laughs> Honestly, at this rate, I'm just not going to tell you because you're because I'm having so much fun with you guys guessing. Oh, hmm. I'm just trying Andrew's to go the guy by who your... likes Cheerios, but he doesn't want the honey nut. No, He's like, okay. I'm gonna fuck my no, cholesterol. No, right. gentlemen, can't be gentlemen, that much. gentlemen, settle down. Mm. I have, I unfortunately don't do unfortunately, a one A one B. You pick a side. Yeah, we we picked a side. It was very hard in the cereal draft. Francisco and I really went systematic so, on it. Yeah. Let me say this. So I used to be a fan of Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, speaking of cereal, there was a group of us in my elementary, middle, and high school that we all grew up together um, where we all had breakfast cereal nicknames. Mine was Captain Crunch. There was a... Uh, there was a um, Waffles. Okay. So, yes, Captain Crunch used to be my go-to. But as I've gotten on in age, whenever I have peanut butter Captain Crunch, let me specify peanut butter Captain Crunch, it hurts the roof of my mouth. Oh, God. You're, you're, you love Captain Crunch so much that, well, actually, most people get destroyed by the roof of their mouths by Cap and Crunch. So that's nothing new. But maybe you guys remember the family guy. Your immunity episode? finally went down. What happened, uh, Charles? You're on the Family Guy episode where Count Chocula is going, or they make a parody of it. It's like, you come for me on this is the day of my daughter's wedding. You know, for why? Because that son of a bitch has been telling lies. My cereal doesn't cut the roof of your mouth. I will find <laughs> I that. I remember that one. Was that an early Family Guy one? Yeah, I, I it was like season two. Oh, okay. All right. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna put in the link as you guys do your thing. I remember that one. All right, Andrew. So um, it's not Captain Crunch no more because your mouth can't take it, or peanut butter Captain Crunch. Yeah. But oh god, I forget the name of it. This is terrible. Oh, this is um, something obscure. Um, Apple Jacks. 
Give me, give Apple me literally Jacks. a minute, guys. Vamp Apple, uh, okay. Because I'm in the middle well, of. I'm we in, talked about I'm Apple Jacks. We, we talked well, about. You're, Apple. you're never going to be able to guess it. You're not going <laughs> to. Talk, it. Is there a mascot? I mean, we literally like spent an hour and a half think, just dissecting it. I don't think it could be Apple Jacks because I feel like Andrew would want some sort of consistent. Remember, we talked about the sogginess. Apple yeah. Jacks get soggy after like a minute. So can't be Golden Grams, right? Got to have my pops. Mm-hmm. If I don't see him as a pop guy. <laughs> Uh, I know who alter ego Andrew would do. It's gotta be on uh, Raisin Special K. Oh, Raisin Bran. <laughs> oh my God, that's totally what alter ego Andrew would special, do. Special oh. okay, okay. The spe- the fruit and yogurt Special K is the all is is like the number is the best version of that cereal. You got the blueberry, you got the strawberry. I think they have like uh, almonds and nuts, which is eh, but. The fruit and yogurt one, that's the star of the show. Those little yogurt bits are really good. Sometimes uh, I, I will just eat the yogurt bits and just fish them out. It's like a little game. you know. Have you guys ever done, I don't know if anybody's done this, you bought a box of Lucky Charms and you just fished out all the marshmallows? Magically delicious. <laughs> and just eat well, that? Well, remember, I had the Lucky Charms like a couple weeks ago. That's what I bought. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was eating. Now I still have that big old, here's the problem when you buy like a five-pound bag of like Fruity Pebbles and stuff like that. You have to go through them. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so hard, man. I like, I love it. But, uh, oh, Andrew's a guy who's like Cocoa Crisp. You're like what? Fruity Pebbles. Uh, yeah, I like but Fruity Pebbles. I like making it go soggy because I don't know. Because I, I, it tastes. Remember, yeah, we did that for Ricky. It makes the milk superior. <laughs> the of what I said two years ago. Okay, I found it. I found All it. Right. Is it All really right. that obscure? You didn't remember? Or you don't eat much cereal. All right. Do you guys want to take your final guesses? Okay. No. I want it now. No, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've done enough. Cracklin Oat Bran. I hate you so much. <laughs> like, it is. Because what did I say about a bunch of oats? And I knew it was going to be some oh of that. You tell me. <laughs> I'm Googling this. Right hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Do they have a Twitter account? Cracklin Oat Bran? Oh, my. Oh, that's Cracklin Oats Band. You, you are. You, you're, you're yanking the chain. You are yanking the chain. If something that looked like it was produced in the suburbs is your favorite cereal. Well, he, he lived in celebration. It's so good. It's so good. You guys have been making me eat okay. Hispanic food. I that literally scream is male hurts my tummy for you. Alter ego, Andrew couldn't even surprise us. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Excellent source Crunchy of fiber, sweet. whole grade. I knew it. <laughs> Damn it, I knew it. <laughs> I don't give a shit about how, uh, all that fiber shit. Bu says like... he refuses acknowledging this. <laughs> You've <laughs> photoshopped. That's real. Get three ninety at a Walmart. I'm. I hate the fact that I was new. It was something obscure but healthy. It doesn't have a it's mascot. Actually, it's actually it's actually not that healthy from a caloric standpoint. That's two hundred calories. That's not that's not bad in comparison to cinnamon toast crunch. That's actually healthy. Compared to one of my other favorites, and look, you said no one A, one B. If I were to do a one B, it would be special case strawberry. Oh my god, we do it! Not even the best version of the special. I told you, it's the fruit and yogurt. 
Now, I, I've actually, I mean, my number two pick was Rice Krispies. Central Link, they even have ingredients think, of what you can make it with. I think I'm number sorry, two was my rice was Rice Krispies. But that's because sometimes I just want it plain, but sometimes I will go complete diabetes and just throw Oreos into it. So, <laughs> so that was, once again, I'm an animal. So, uh, <laughs> let's see, BU. I'll actually give him that one. Special Strawberry is pretty good. I, it's not bad. Once more, but I still believe that the fruit and yogurt is the best version of Special K. And it's actually, I don't, I don't know who eats sugar. plain Special K, but uh, but I, I plain... challenge, I challenge you guys. Do you add the raspberries to... like in the photo, or you just eat it plain? I just eat it plain. Oh, <laughs> wow! This but is... I, I seriously, I challenge you guys. This, Go this out, guy get a picking box. Daniel Jones as QB at his first his first pick, the equivalent of Daniel Jones. But listen, you make fun of me of all you want, Andrew. I, here, I'm a big here's boy. what I we do. Here's what we do. If you bring me a box of that, <laughs> bring it to my office. I will eat it. <laughs> this is what the OnlyFans is for. You know what to do. <laughs> Oh yeah, I haven't used that in a while. <laughs> I should re I should see if it's if it's still going. Uh, we still have that one patron from Patreon that's still. I still have to uh, see how much money we got. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thanks, awesome jacket dude. Once more, you're always the real MVP every day. Um, yeah, wow. I was wow, Andrew. Really out of left field, literally, figuratively, whatever you want to call it. This camera. <laughs> And then I picked the thing that is so far away from Crackle Note brand because <laughs> it's Reese Peanut Butter Puffs. Yeah. Get that chocolatey peanut butter oh, greatness. Oh, so good. Oh, they're, they're, they're so my good. favorite. Mm -hmm. they, they make the milk taste better. That is the – and you know what? The aftertaste is kind of funky, yeah. but it's not like the worst kind of aftertaste. Sometimes that's what I get with like other cereals, so it loses a point. But the, con the, the consistency and the texture of yeah. what they make the milk into – like I'll just I'll just be like Oliver Twist. I'll I mean, and remember we we went through all of these measurements for why we picked what we picked. It was texture. It was the the sogginess. The, how quickly it becomes soggy. It was consistency, buoyancy, uh, and and also what it turns the milk into. Heck, there's plenty of places that they sell cinnamon infused milk, and how can you not pick cinnamon toast crunch? In my opinion, of course. I'm not a crackling yeah. oat brand, I mean, man. I, 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 I mean, I, I fully accept what, all of the. What is the aftertaste the for talking? this, Andrew? Like, there's is coconut it, in there. Coconut. Oh, yeah. There's coconut in this. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I read the ingredients. Oh, okay. Hmm. So it's there's a well. It says crunchy, sweet, oven baked. So. Uh, yeah, bring bring a box over to me, Andrew, and I'll uh, I, I, I'll I really, give it a shot. It's not bad calorie I, wise. I can have it. I wouldn't expect you guys to understand, but my my point is, and by the way, I don't really eat cereal that much, mm. to be honest. Um, not not many people do. I mean, I think lately people haven't been eating as much of it. And, 
you know, I, I've been on, I haven't really, if I have cereal in the room, it's very hard for me not to eat it. So that's why I can't have it around all the time. But, uh, you know, the irony, the irony is as much as I absolutely love sweet things, cereal can be too sweet for me. And a lot of the uh, so-called cereal, like, as much as I, like, come on, Oreo cereal, like, it's what? fine. Eh, eh, it's okay. It's, fine. it's, it's not, it, it's not like Oreos. I literally throw Oreos into Rice Krispies. <laughs> oh, God, that is just oh, fantastic gruel. For sure, it's kind of like also like the Pop Tart cereals, which I took it so you guys didn't have to. Oh, it's fine. I remember that. That was a while ago. Yeah, it's hard being the hero of the day. I tell you, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna go as far to try Crackle Note brand, but if you give me like a small, small packet, maybe. Hmm. I don't hate healthy things. I'm just here for a good time, not a long time. So, you know. All right. Uh, and, and, and I don't, I don't think Bu was there when we did the the cereal draft a while ago. But if he wants to chime in on what his favorite cereal is, then you just post it up and we'll have an opinion on it, most likely. <laughs> okay, so that was that was man. We didn't, I didn't even get to the ice cream bit, and that was just the cereal part. We didn't even get through it. Uh, so hold on, I'm trying to find uh your sister's tweet. Uh, Let me see Charles. if I can find it. I think it was in the mentions or whatever. Uh, I just posted a bunch of stuff here. All right. I, I, I found it. I'll just read it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the grace of all time? It's either vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, mint chocolate chip, cookie dough, cookies and cream, butter pecan, rocky road, pralines and cream. Her opinion is pralines and cream. Oh, here we go. Here it is. Yeah, I there found it. Here we go. I think I'm going to abandon Goat her as a ice sibling. cream. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I had one of the on. I think we've discussed this previously as well, probably, most likely. But I believe we, I, I sort of went on the fence and chose a Neapolitan. <laughs> yes, and I remember I called. I said you pushed out. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, if I had to, man, cookie dough versus cookies and cream. Those, those would probably be the two that I'm fighting right now. I went cookies. I went cookies. Like I like throwing Oreos into things. I think cookies dough has a a worse texture, in my opinion, versus cookies and cream. I don't mind pralines and cream, but pralines better just on its own level. Be used Lucky Charms, by the way. That's they are magically delicious. Yes. 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 Okay. Good. That that's a good number one overall pick. I I I think we put that in agreement of like in the bottom top five, if memory serves me right. Yeah, I don't think anybody's not a fan of Lucky Charms. So, and I think I discussed back then that they do sell off-brand marshmallows if you want to buy them like by the pound on Amazon. <laughs> and just go. Yeah, very true. And for a limited time, uh, a couple of years ago, Lucky Charms just sold just sold the mushroom, uh, not mushrooms, the marshmallows all by themselves. Ooh, and BU goat all-time ice cream is mint cookies and cream for him. Yeah, I, I, you see, I just don't know if I want like mint half the time. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, like I, I already have mint itself. My mouth now these are just normal ice creams. Now the best ice cream I ever had in the world was whatever they called the Cookie Monster ice cream over yeah. in Arizona in the middle of the desert 
when I, I won my first hearing. So Is that the blue one? Yeah, the blue one that made my tongue blue and my mouth blue and my lips blue. There's like, nitrous and, and or it, nitro in Lauderdale yeah. that gives you blue ice cream. That's like the cookie monster cookie dough. Yeah, but uh, it, it That's might, very true to you. That's very true. And, and of course they stuck it inside of a donut, which only made things better. What? A war- Wait, what? Yeah, no, they Charles, I didn't tell you about this story. No. I, when I this, won my first case, it, I was in Phoenix, Arizona. It was the summer. It was hot as balls. And well, actually, not even that. It was just hot. Like, just, it just felt like you, I was shriveling up like crazy. I won my first case. My, most people go out and drink when they celebrate. I go out and get ice cream. And so I thought, hey, I feel like ice cream would probably be the best thing to get in Phoenix. Somebody had to have mastered it out here. And I found, like, this hipstery shack in the middle of a neighborhood that I probably wouldn't hang out in. And uh, they gave me this blue, they called it a Cookie Monster ice cream. Other places have Cookie Monster ice cream, but they, I don't know, sometimes they have different combinations of flavors and it's just blue, they just dye it blue. But whatever, this was blue and they stuck it inside of a warm donut and you eat it like a sandwich. So I had the first one, I had an orgasm afterwards, and then I had to order a second one (laughs) because it was so damn good. made you so appealing to me as a human being. Uh, Yeah, I'm telling you, Charles. I've been watching Letterkenny. It reminds me of like the donut burger that I sent you guys that I told you about. Yeah. When I was in the Carolinas. So you can literally have like an ice cream sandwich, but it's a donut ice cream sandwich? Okay, so... You, all right, so they picture the uh, a picture uh, the the form of a jelly donut without the jelly inside. Oh. They cut it open. It's warm. It's a fresh donut. They make it themselves. They make the donut. They're not importing the donuts from Dunkin' Donuts and just Francisco. stuffing it with ice cream. Slower. We're getting <laughs> slower. Frank. They 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 make the donuts on site. You get it. It's warm, which means the ice cream melts a little bit and soaks into the donut dough. And then you take a bite of it. And the contrast between the sweetness of the the glazed donut with the uh, the warmth of that with the coldness of the cookie dough ice cream, which I can't even describe the flavor because it was so damn good. Best ice cream I've ever had on my life on this planet. So do you know the meme that says, Lord Jesus, I've seen what you've done for people and I want that to happen for me? <laughs> that is like me right now because I had my dinner already. Mm. You know, mm. I need a little snack. I got a little Cadbury chocolate bar, but it's not the same. I, I got to go to to get my real chocolate bar. I'll, look on, steal that from I'll me. look on Yelp to see if I can find this place and maybe I can show it to you guys. But man, seeing seeing it doesn't do it justice, believe me. Uh, all right. Where, so, Andrew, did you make your, your, your choice on the ice cream here? Yeah, what you got going on? I chose cookies and cream, but some cookies and cream, they flake out on the largeness of the cookies inside of it. Sometimes they're like little mm-hmm. tiny bits. I hate that. And I, you I like, need I like a cream nice to be chunk. really milky. That's true as well. That's true as well. Well, um... This is a sports show, everyone. Yeah. Look, Bobby Flay, we're just trying to catch up to you, dog. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. What is my favorite ice cream? Mm. <sighs> Let's see. 
on this list uh, that's that's up here. Or you can give us a story of your most favorite ice cream that you ever had on this planet. Hold on, let me let me see, let me see what this list okay. is. Let, let me. It's on the screen if you're if you're watching it through Twitch. Does anyone really Twitch ever like Rocky Road, or is it just something you hear in Hollywood all the time when like there's a TV show? Oh, no, I'm gonna get some Rocky Road. No, there's a lot of people that like Rocky Road, but I mean it's I've that. Them. I, I mean, I, I've had it. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I like chocolate, but I, I'm not a person that likes chocolate in a large amount. Like I can only stand so much with chocolate, so that that's my thing. Chocolate, so, sort of chocolate or coffee type of flavor. So when I was younger, mm. I used to I used to love Publix's Dolce de Leche. Ooh, that's a good one, Andrew. I like that. That butchering though, was, Dolce de Leche. He said it the Italian um, way, I think. Oh, okay, I'll take it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I had so much of it that I got sick to it. Which, in hindsight, was a very bad move. How many years uh, have you been clean? <laughs> Maybe you'll love it again. At least ten. Okay. What? A decade. Stop. I think that's enough Listen. for your taste buds to reset. Yeah, fall off the wagon. Oh, we still so... got to go to that churro place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're talking about ice cream and, and dipping it in, in fun uh, pastries. Mm. So... I, I I'll come I'll I'll follow back get some dolce de leche and see what I think. Okay, all right. But but as of right now, that place over in Doral in uh, City Place. Oh yeah, the Sloan's ice they cream. They have yeah. they have cookies and cream with cookie dough in it. Ah, you mix both of them together. Like it's yeah yeah there's two I, of them I, I know which right one you're talking there. about yeah it's two of them right there mm-hmm. how can you not love cookie dough and cookies and cream okay like, come on it's it's fantastic shit all right oh boy uh may, do you guys want to talk about sports is this you want to guess, actually make this you guys have you guys have obviously <laughs> done a lot of of food related things without me so catch me up i want to um i want to I see what your those are the two things that i had on my list to well open there the are certain friends uh charles keeps saying or that you two have come up with some sort of a uh alter ego andrew alter ego i i want to figure out what is this alter ego i want to see how right or wrong you were well, I mean, if it's an alter ego, it shouldn't be anything similar to you exactly, right? It's how Bruce Wayne is Batman and Vice versa. I gotta watch that this just, week. I have to. It's good. Oh my god. I mean here's the thing, Andrew. It's a week by week basis. So yeah. you're gonna ruin the surprise if we put everything in there. Yeah, but we've yeah, already let's, made let's yeah, we we've already we already got the the cereal thing. Now we finally put the cereal thing, which was eye open and also kind of verified our preconceived notions in the same way, similar way i'm not sure so what we have is spicy is spicy for you i have the if it's a pepsi you sneer away even though i know you're a very respectful human being and now we have your cereal as being like you know the healthy base with a, a smidge 
a smidge of the unhealthy because I looked at the calorie ingredients. I put it in the chat so B, you can see it of the oat crackling. I still believe that you think of like hunting up a bunch of the oats because, you know, I could just see Alter Ego Andrew, Andrew pouring himself a bowl, laughing to himself, like, it's got a bunch of oats in it. You know, just like play on words. Let me create my own form of you, like how Geppetto made Pinocchio and prayed for a son. Let me have my own little boy. Not in that sense. I don't want oh, my children. Man. Uh, all right, so I, I do want to get something out here, an actual sports-related thing. I haven't done, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, let's go to the real MVP, guys. So I, I've got uh, one that was placed here. Uh, let's go with, um, oh, where is it? Was it Adam, Adam Hangman Page, right, Charles? Yeah. So, yes. Yes. So he, uh, last show that was, it was taped in Florida, right? No, Revolution, the pay-per-view yeah. in Orlando, in Orlando. Sun- this Sunday, yeah. March 4th. Should I just take it? I'll yeah, take the lead yeah, on this yeah. One. I'm just looking okay, for the so, image. So this is not a cage segment. We're talking about wrestling in a real MVP. So Florida's kind of controversial. That's how I'm going to start it. Kind of? Bunch of idiots sometimes. Whether or not your political preference, I don't care. It comes down to oppressions of people. Right now we have a controversial bill that has just passed, the Don't Say Gay Bill. Depending who you read it and who you follow it from on the Twitter, on your peoples, on Fox News, don't watch Fox News, on all the other stuff, they, they say it's either a banning of the word gay in school, not to talk about sexual identity, whatever people want to rip it into. Adam Hangman Page, we love him. He is our current AEW world champion. We have mentioned him before in the cage. We have talked about his fantastic matches that he has had. Comes out in his main event, Revolution Pay-Per-View, as Adam Cole, baby, comes out in John's Spartan Jaw 117 uh, attire from Halo, which was awesome. We love you, Adam Cole. Follow us all on Twitter. Charles the True, Dan Frijoles, FJOJR Sports Goofs. Hangman Page comes out in the rainbow color for the LGBTQI community in his whole cowboy garment. Specifically bisexual. Specifically bisexual. I I don't know the color um, stuff, so I'm just going to run on everybody's lead. But he comes out with his vest and the fringes of his attire in it. little background of him. Um former teacher in Virginia, graphic design, and some other stuff. They come into Florida in a big event that's making money in support of a, against a bill or against a bill, supporting against the bill that is very much discriminatory in its face. And we're expecting that to be obviously in either the Florida State Supreme Court or probably U.S. Supreme Court. Let's see how that works out. Maybe Andrew can do a thing on it for sports yeah. wise. I don't know. But it's a great middle finger. It's a great middle finger. And also makes you kind of happy with wrestling that they can kind of use that freedom of speech. Not that I'm saying up in Connecticut, that a certain megalomaniac billionaire would kind of have certain things have been speaking out against government officials. Mind you, mind you, mind you. It's my Matt's wife did work for the Small Business Administration under the Trump administration. But hey, what do I know? But I, I think it, it sends a message for what it's worth. It sends a message. I mean, it's also something to kind of, how do I want to say this? Last week's episode was very drab and sad and kind of like serious but aside from the the difficulties in the in the world outside of the united states there's also some stuff that's going on even in our own state that we live in so this was a nice little middle finger in vault of everything and i just and, i'm, and I'm I, just very happy we could like that guy i looked up and remember i sent you guys that screenshot from wikipedia that his grandfather was one of the people that helped uh uh create the model for virginia virginia's for is for lovers, lovers. which is also yeah. uh I guess, uh, uh, 
was it a lot of people in that the LGBTQ community use as a as a mantra as well, and and so I think it's it was personal to him as well because like his his family came up with that type of stuff, you know. So yeah, so that that was that's one right there. Uh, the other one that I have here is is uh, Yarmir Yager. Yeah. So Yarmir Yager has been doing a lot of fundraising for the uh, war that's happening in Ukraine right now. Uh, some background about Yager. He's uh, for, he's Czech. He's from the Czech Republic. Or I think it's called Czechia now. I don't think it's called the Czech Republic anymore. And he grew up in communist uh, Czechoslovakia when it was under um, the, the Iron Curtain of Soviet Union. So, and I believe either his father or his grandfather was at one point a political prisoner. Uh, That's why he wears the number 68. He wears number 68, uh, which symbolizes the Prague Spring, which happened in 1968 when uh, a lot of people finally became vocal to try and uprise um, against uh, communism uh, in, in, in the Czech Republic. So... It's very personal to him. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize, and I'm going to go into this. I do this for a living, so uh, going to this is that most people, I believe, on this earth are still alive. The Soviet Union fell in 1994. So as much as 1994 sounds like it's far away, it's still the lives of most people on this earth that have experienced a Soviet Union or uh, communism in their country, especially in Europe. So these people don't forget. And it doesn't matter what label or anything that Russia is under right now, what flag that they're flying, they don't forget what the Russians did. A lot of those people know two languages, their native tongue and Russian for a reason. So they, they don't forget all of the shitty things that Russia did to their people. Uh, and so Yarma Yager ain't forgetting, and he's been raising money. Uh, he's recently done a, a fundraising for, uh, he owns a team in, in Kladno, uh, which is where he's from, and he still plays for the team as well. Uh, and he is doing, uh, their next game, they're, 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 uh, raising money and he allowed people from the US and Canada as well to purchase t- virtual tickets to come to the game or watch the game I don't, I th- I don't know I, I I bought a ticket it's two dollars and ninety cents American so you know it's 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 only a little bit here I mean gas isn't gonna rise that much guys come on now and uh, in the NHL just recently gave sixty eight thousand dollars in honor of Yager uh, to his fundraising efforts right now so real mvp to yarma yager he has gone gung-ho on this right now um so yeah there you go and i've also had some clashes with some russians people during my stream of metal gear solid so (laughs) i've told some russians to go fuck themselves in english of course but hey google translate baby uh i posted our mlb stream andrew and they're like, fuck their baseball. I'm like, well, at least we can play against other countries, you fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, man. I'm doing my part, baby. 
You're coming with that heat? Ah, fuck those guys. Uh, Come with that heat? Hey, man. This is this is real shit. This is real. I deal with this every day. Fuck those guys. Um, anyways, so real MVPs. I don't know if you guys have any more for this week, but that's what I got. Adam Page is all I need to be my MVP. Adam, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's see. We are at the 51-minute mark. What? Oh, yeah, I have another. When this kind of transitions, they're kind of MVPs. I mean, they're kind of not, but it's also uh, better know a minor league team. So there's a billion minor league teams out there. Baseball, as much as baseball is not happening in the major league sense, it's still going to happen across the minor leagues and all of these independent leagues, guys. So, uh, better known minor league team for me right now are going to be the Kalamazoo Growlers. Okay. All right. So, the Kalamazoo Growlers, guys, uh, I chose them. They play in the uh, uh, was it the Northwoods League, which uh, uh, was it a collegiate independent league. Uh, I, uh, I, I, you know what that is, right, Andrew? The independent league, uh, collegiate independent league, yeah, where it's like college level players that aren't on an NCAA team but are still playing. I guess kind of semi pro in a sense. Uh, well, here they on March fourth, in the wake of Major League Baseball postponing opening day and not arriving to a deal with the Players Association, they. They released an official statement banning Rob Manfred from ever attending any one of their games. And That'll they, teach him. Yeah. So, of course, he's never going to go. He probably doesn't even know they exist. But it's the symbolism, and I can get behind the petty. I can get behind this, this version. You know, they were established back in 2013. They... Are um, they've only produced one major league player, John Schreiber, who was a pitcher that pitched for the Tigers and last season was with the Red Sox for a few games. And uh, they're called- uh, actually Francisco uh, BU correctly pointed out that the CIL is actually a collegiate summer league. Ah, okay. It's it's a it's a woodball league mm-hmm. for 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 kind of the top echelon of players. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of I didn't really go into. I know these leagues exist, especially in the wake of in the wake of Major League Baseball cutting so many minor league teams, a lot of them have had to pivot to Either it's some form of an independent league in some sort of way, and it's, I think some have have also joined uh, the summer leagues as well with with college level players. Uh, but this team, yeah, they produce one uh, one pitcher so far, uh, and, and Growler has two meanings. One is because their their mascot is a black bear because there's black bears in the area, and also. Uh, a 64-ounce container of beer is called a growler. And their mascot wears number 64 to symbolize this as well. So I mean, they're pretty chill. This is like keggy. That's all I'm going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they play at Stryker, Homer Striker Field in Kalamazoo. It was built in 1963. Holds 4,000 people. And I guess the only real notable thing is that they have home plate on the northeast end of the field, 
where normally home plate is on the westernmost end so that when the sun is setting, you don't get the sun in your eyes. So your, your back is faced uh, behind uh, the sun rather than facing it. I, th I think SB Nation put out a really uh, informative video as to why uh, Major League Baseball has done that. I believe there's very few fields out, especially, uh, well, here, I mean, baseball's only really not played in many countries, but mo pretty much all of them have it so that you're, the batter's not facing the sun when it's setting. But I think there's a few fields, I mean, two or three or four, I don't know, that have it that way. I think there's a minor as league someone, team. As someone who played right field a lot in Little League, <laughs> I hated it. Because oh, yeah. The sun right in my eyes yeah yeah little league field. yeah little league and and, and rec fields you know because they have like the you know the, the four fields all right next to each other in a circle and uh, you can't avoid it and if you're it happened to be in the wrong one and uh, there's a team out and i forgot where it was but they mentioned in the espionation video or secret base whatever you want to call it uh, where they are called the suns and they have a sun delay which lasts about like half an hour and they have to wait till the sun goes down for them to resume the game. So that's, but uh, that's aside from that. This, yeah, Kalamazoo growl, Growlers. That's that's who I've got as the minor league team today. And then uh, one more ac actual sports thing that I looked up because it was another uh, secret base SB Nation video that got me like going. Like, whoa, this is cool and interesting. I have a uh, player remember to forget, and. This one is Danny Ainge, guys. Ugh. We can never forget him as a GM. <laughs> All right, so I'm trying to freaking reset this. Here we go. All right, so Danny Ainge, but not in the context that you guys are thinking of. I'm, I'm talking about the baseball version of Danny Ainge. Okay. So Danny Ainge. Because I was about to unload that clip. It's the same guy, though. So Danny Ainge, Major League Baseball, drafted in 1977 by the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, went to BYU, and made his Major League Baseball debut in 1979, played until 1981 when he decided to give up baseball and go into the NBA, play for the Boston Celtics. So he had a minus two war, Ouch. <laughs> 665 at bats, 146, 146 hits, two home runs, a 220 batting average, scored 57 runs, 37 RBI, 12 stolen bases, a 264 on base percentage, 269, nice, slugging, a 533 OPS, and an OPS plus of 47. And so he's Jose Altuve without the trash can. <laughs> Ooh! Ooh! Damn! So yeah, three seasons with the Blue Jays, and I think... Hold on, let me look at the transaction history, because I want to see that. Uh, yeah, somewhere in the middle of that season, he just quit baseball, and he signed with the Boston Celtics, and was with them the following season. So, there you go, Danny Ainge, the baseball version of him. Uh, let's see. So here we go. All right. So now we're at the middle, guys. We're we're at the one hour mark. So it is a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you that we have been enjoying over the last week. 
uh, I've been enjoying something, so I can go first, guys. Uh, so, uh, thanks to Hulu, I've been been able to binge a lot of TV shows. I'm doing Letterkenny right now, Charles. Uh, it's, but it's not the non-sponsor for this week. It's it's not. It, you know, I, I'm I'm four episodes in. I'm getting there. But that last episode that you talked to me about, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's getting more of a personality, especially for Wayne. I really like Wayne. Uh, I like the Canadianness of it as well. <laughs> I get all of the hockey references. Those two hockey guys. Oh, uh, Jonesy O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. I still don't know all the names of everybody. But, you don't know until season eight, really. Yeah, and but I just know that the, the hockey guy. I mean, what? It's the Hicks, the Skids, Hicks, the, the Skids, the, the hockey, hockey guys. guys, and the the Christians. So that that's uh, it's an easy way to remember the groups. But yeah, I've I've been enjoying it lately. But it is a different show that I'm going to talk about that I've been that I completely binged. I finished it in about uh, a week and a half. All of the episodes. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna reset this damn thing. What is? This? Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, it is baskets. Is that the? Uh, so baskets. Uh, it was on FX. Yes, with Zach Galifianakis and Louis Anderson. Those are the two most notable guys. Recipes, Louis Anderson, by the way. Uh, if you have never heard of stand up, hilarious. He's hilarious. Rest um, in peace, sir. Yeah, and of course, hosted Family Feud as well. Uh, so, Baskets, Zach Galifianakis, he is a guy who went to clowning school in France and couldn't cut it there, especially because he didn't know French. Then he moves back to Bakersfield, California to live with his, uh, for the most part, live with his mom, who was played by Louis Anderson. And, uh, and he has a twin brother who, of course, Galifianakis also plays because he doesn't have a twin an actual twin and it's just about him and and his family uh, my favorite character is louis anderson's character uh, his mom christine uh and it's a four seasons long there's it's 40 episodes uh it was written uh by i forgot who one guy was it's also zach galifianakis helped create it as well and uh louis ck also was one of the creators of the show so there's a lot of comedy behind it. It's comedy, but in, I guess, the classical sense, which I guess makes sense because he's a clown, or I guess they, that's how they say it in France. Uh, and he, uh, it's 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 supposed to be funny, but in the sad way. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that type of humor, but it's that type of humor. You but, mean everyday life for Charles? Yeah, basically in that sort of version of comedy. Um, so four seasons. Uh, I think it, it it was it's a well written show. It's it ends in a I guess I don't know I don't know if it's because they didn't want to make more episodes or they or they were telling them hey we're not going to renew so they just found a way to end the show. But I think it ended well enough. Uh, I think but it's FX worth. Kind of does that though. Where yeah. Just kind of like put yeah. A some shows just need to end, and you know you just don't need to, it. It doesn't have to last fourteen seasons unless you're really good like Always Sunny, in which. Yes, yeah. keep making more. <laughs> yeah. But no, this, look, they're in Ireland in season fifteen, man. Uh, I think if you're gonna watch this, watch this for Louis Anderson's character, and he won an Emmy for this. He won an Emmy for for playing Christine in this show. So, uh, yeah, uh, pro- promo code Costco. <laughs> because I'm assuming there, there's a feeling to it. Yeah. Uh, 
Costco is mentioned in pretty much every episode of the show, along with Arby's. So there you go. How do we feel about Arby's? Let's let's table that to after the show, but or not after the show, but after the <laughs> after thing, because yeah, I feel like we get wacky. Oh, we could even say that for fast food draft. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's mine. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, so. My non-sponsor is going to be, well, I shouldn't say Disney because fuck Disney. Yeah, but, screw you. But blast me from an Orlando. And screw the city or whatever Orlando, Orlando. Whatever you're gonna call, <laughs> Orlando. the the okay, it's Hercules. It's the movie Hercules. Yay. Um, I'll be honest. You might. I liked it. I liked it. It's not my favorite Disney movie. It's not my favorite of the Disney animation movies. But it is very good. I liked it quite a lot. Um, yeah. I'm, Charles, are you like gasping or something? No, I'm just no. getting a Kleenex for these tears of joy. Because <laughs> at least somebody listens to my movie recommendations. I'm never watching the Sandlot. You? Why not? It's I also got backlash on the date for that one too. You know who doesn't watch Sandlot? Putin. You wanna you wanna be that guy? You wanna be that guy? Mm. Yeah, here Sandlot. you are last week talking Hades about how terrible everything Sandlot. is. <laughs> you know? So you know but anyway, Hercules, like, But yeah, Hercules, you know, not my favorite of the Disney animations. That would probably have to go to Lilo and Stitch, if I had to be honest. Really? That's your number one of the Disney Renaissance era? Well, well here's that, the thing. Is that considered Disney Renaissance? I'm not sure. It's just it was kind of standalone, right? What happened? It's, it's just after the Renaissance, but I would argue that it should be considered a part of the Renaissance. It's, like it's the not last... a bad movie. I liked it. I saw it in theaters. I like that. Um, I like Lilo and Stitch. It's it's like a la it's like the last gasp of oh. the Renaissance. I would I'd put Lilo and Stitch up against any of the Renaissance movies. Ohana means family. Exactly. Um so anyway, Hercules, very good. Alan Menken, you're a genius. Um yeah, got Danny the, Danny DeVito, very good. Michael Bolton's um, the main theme. The the chorus was amazing, and and not like chorus of a song. It's that's the you know the, the ladies, oh, yeah. the muses. Yeah, the muse. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to bust out here to hype up this man's yeah. non-sponsor even more. So, but I was jamming to Megs. I won't say I'm in love because that's like a top five underrated Disney song. I would concur. That's a very good song. Although I will say, in terms of like, it's obviously rated because it got an Oscar nomination, but lost to uh, "My Heart Will Go On," which yeah, listen, that's a baller. That's a banger right there. But um, "Go the Distance," yeah, Michael Bolton. That's a really good song. I I can't stop listening to it. You know what's funny to watch on Netflix? Michael Bolton's Sexy Valentine special. Mm -hmm. Watch it. Please watch it. It's hilarious. 
Ladies, we swear, we know he's weird for liking Michael Bolden and putting the catch up. But he's this a good is guy. the office space where, where they hate, where that guy hate Michael Bolton. Because <laughs> it's a uh, oh, oh, fantastic quote, by the way, from Office Space. <laughs> Why don't you just change your name? Why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, Hercules. I like Hercules. I always, I, I like it. Uh, and listen, I know that I said, listen, I like it a lot. Any of the Disney Renaissance movies are fantastic. I'm just saying it's not my favorite of them. But I, I don't want, I, I want to make that abundantly clear. Well, yeah. well what's the favorite? Because now I feel like. Well, said, well okay. okay. Let's yeah, say yeah, Lilo yeah. and Stitch is not considered that. Because it's, I think it was like May two thousand or two thousand one or something like that. Two thousand two. Oh, okay. So nineties, nineties, nineteen ninety, like Little Mermaid. I think was like the first one to. Eighty nine was Little Mermaid. Yeah. Yeah, and then what was the last one of those? Tarzan. Tarzan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So was it Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast? It's tough. Lion King, Tarzan, Hercules, Pocahontas. Am I missing one? Mulan. Aladdin. So, listen. So, first, the the soundtrack, my favorite soundtrack is Tarzan. Phil, Phil Collins, Collins is a genius. Hmm. Enough said. I, I need to say no more. Trash. South Park got mad at that one. Because <laughs> I mean, South Park listen, lost it, to Phil Collins that for the... For the um, was it yeah. 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 But come on, you got to admit. Oh no, it's good. Hard. It's good. No, of course. I have no Tarzan music in my top ten Disney music. Ew. Okay. Not at all. Wow, Not that's all. A, that's a hot take there. What? But... You'll be my heart. Fine. Let's just kill the gorilla. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's been done. Yeah. All right. Okay. So so that's your soundtrack. But what's what's the film? Although, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it just has, like, two really good songs, but the rest are kind of forgettable. Thank you. All right, so that's how you evaluate it. I'm really passionate about this, apparently. I don't know why, as I hate do- uh, Disney. It, it's, it has but the... I love lists, you guys. I love lists. It's, it's got Son of Man, You'll Be In My Heart. Like, it, it's got two songs that are pulling the weight of the rest of that soundtrack. But anyway, uh, I'll get to my final point. If I had to choose a Renaissance movie that was my favorite, it would be Aladdin. Oh, God damn right you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I fucking wore out that VHS when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And actually, pound funny story. Yeah. Funny story. And by the way, Robin Williams, enough said. Rest in peace, sir. The- yeah, voice so actors, funny, songs. So, funny story here. So, when I was, I know I mention it all the time, but here it's actually relevant to my point. When I was living in Celebration, I was next door neighbors to someone who worked at Disney, part of the Disney library. Um, and part of the Disney library I guess they were making some kind of commercial or something. I I, I don't 
I mean, I was like 10 at the time, 10 or 11, so I don't exactly remember the context, but they were making some kind of commercial or something, and for whatever reason, they didn't have a copy of Aladdin on hand. So we said to our friend, hey, we have a copy of Aladdin. You can borrow it, because apparently they needed to look at the physics and dynamics of how the magic carpet flew and was animated so i helped uh, indirectly i supposedly helped make a disney commercial <laughs> <laughs> okay wow. but but anyway um but yeah aladdin such a good movie it's it has good songs too um Robin Williams just absolutely steals the show. Um, but yeah, such a good movie. Of the Renaissance movies, that's definitely my number one. Okay. All right. So, uh, so promo code. Promo code um, IXII. Oh, is that a, that's a year? Do you, do you get the reference there, Charles? I... I'm stupid. It's a number. I, I, I know it's a number. My, right. my brain can't function. A, so the Hades minions. Pain and panic. Yes, I'm familiar. Are are portraying little kids stuck in like a rock or something, and they said, "Help! Call IXII." Oh, that's right. Oh, nine one one. Nine one. Yeah. There we go. Nope. Um. We love Hercules. We we just so good, so good. I I feel like I I won't go on my whole tirade of Aladdin and all the wonders and Hercules. I feel like I'll check. But anywho, it seems like there's a common theme here, boys, because the first bit that we had was Francisco talking about a show that I have not watched, nor I will I probably watch. The second bit was is a movie that Andrew finally got around to watching that has been around for years, and now my non-sponsor is going to be about a movie that just came out and you should all watch you know sometimes there's always the question of like you know how we ask how do you like your public subs how do you like your batman do you want your batman to be groovy and weird and off kilter with a utility belt for everything like adam west do you want your batman to really kind of be a wallflower like michael keaton i know sacrilegious come at me do you want your Batman just to be kind of overshadowed by great villains such as Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey, like Malcolm was in Batman Forever? Do you want your Batman to have nipples like George Clooney did in Batman and Robin and also just not be cool at all and more loved by Chris O'Donnell, who played Robin? That movie was a total mess, but it's a guilty pleasure. Arnold Schwarzenegger tried to kill the dinosaurs. The Ice Age! Everybody chill. Um, do you want your Batman to be highly intelligent and kind of have a voice like this? Then you love Christian Bale. Do you want your Batman to be just bastardized because it seems like Scott Snyder, all he or not Scott Snyder, who he actually writes for Batman, Zack Snyder. Scott go. Snyder did Court of Owls. Go read his stuff. Um, Zack Snyder just basically read like one Frank Miller movie. Like we're gonna make everything based off of that, and you hate it because his Bruce Wayne's kind of stupid and his Batman's a jock. Well, you don't have one to do it anymore. Thing from that era, and it was the fight scene where Batman goes to save Superman's mom. 
Yeah, Martha. Yeah, look, the action scenes in the movie are fine, yeah. but sometimes you don't want to pay money for something that could be YouTube clips. Uh, Batman v Superman. Oof, that, that yeah. was time I'm not getting back. Sonic v Knuckles coming up next month. Yeah. That that. Yeah. Oof. Oh. Blue Justice yeah. going against Red Herring. Yeah. Um, but then this weekend, Batman came out. The Batman by Matt Reeves, who did Planet of the Apes. Never saw any of them. It was law school movies, and when I get caught up into it, Robert Pattinson, Twilight, Cedric Diggory, and Harry Potter. Tenant, he was in Tenant. I forgot the name of his character. Granted, I don't know anyone's name in that damn movie. It's still a trippy movie. He's in it. Paul Dano. We love Paul Dano. Watch There Will Be Blood. He is fantastic in it. He's the Riddler. Different taste of it. Zoe Kravitz. We love Zoe Kravitz. She's Catwoman, or soon to be Catwoman. Colin Farrell. He's the Penguin. And then, of course, Jeffrey Wright, who is Jim Gordon, on top of other things. It is so good. It is two hours and 55 minutes of a psychological thriller with an action base into it. I feel it was like a graphic novel that actually got to be in a movie, whereas there's a lot of movies that try to be more comic booky or try to steal the essence of a comic book. It was a good original story and an allegation of ideas. It wasn't just trying to do things for just the audience's sake, such as a certain movie that came out of December that for some reason I got crapped on because I said it was a soft eight or a weak eight. It wasn't trying to play off my nostalgia. It was respecting certain things and making its own things and realizing because there were some people who were like, oh, the Riddler don't look like the Riddler. Have you seen the Riddler? The man has a bowler hat and a question mark cane, and he goes around and says, riddle me this. I am totally for Matt Reeves' like very psychotic portrayal of the Riddler in this movie. It, it's great, I think, what they did with the Riddler. Everybody is always kind of chasing the high of a Heath Ledger Joker. We're not counting joaquin's phoenix joker because you know what even though it's a very long batman origin story there is no superhero interactions i'm gonna keep it there but i liked it it's maybe a little bit too long for its own good but by no means is it terrible some of the things can be done at act two you know who's in this movie that was like oh crap he's in this movie john Turturro's in this movie and he plays an excellent mobster carmine falcone I love the fact that we got John Turturro. The guy's in Oberlewar, though. He's in The Big Lebowski. He's the guy who licks the ball. I've, Jesus. No one messes with the Jesus? No, just me. Okay. Very deep-rooted. Very good psychological. The action's great. The the soundtrack by Michael Giachone, I think I said that right or wrong, it's just great. He composed Rogue One. Eight and a half. Maybe going to be nine. I want to see it again. And listen, I'm not saying see it if you still have concerns about Corona. I'm not saying it, see it you know, when weeks go on. I'm just saying, see it at some point, whether it goes on HBO Max, or if you have to spend 15 bucks on a movie the first time, because it's damn good, and it is refreshing, unlike a certain movie that came out in December, where you knew all the plot points, and they could even create its own original villain, but instead they relied on other stuff of the past, and they took my money immediately, and there was pleasure moments, but there was more pleasure moments here, as you just have Robert Pattinson walking on the boots, and you're like, someone going to get an ass open? And you see that ass form, you're like, oh. Or you see Paul Dano really creepy out, or even... The thing about this movie, I'm very passionate about, apparently. There's some good-ass comedy in it. That surprised me. But recommend it. The Batman in theaters now. Wait till HBO Max. Go buy the movie. I need you. I need you to watch this movie and make money. Made like $120 million. I don't know if that's good or bad these days, given the factors that were in Corona time. But I need that because I need Batman and Robin eventually in my life. So The Batman, see in theaters, promo code, riddle me this. Very good. Yes, I will eventually... Very soon, watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. But finally, theaters are getting me to come back. You're giving you you're giving me Batman in March and Sonic in in April. I uh, think I've only been to like three theater three movies since Corona, mm. and 
part of it was like obligatory. Like I could live without seeing No Way Home, and Venom was just fun because no one was in that theater anyway. Yeah. yeah. But this was definitely here to be there. And then Sonic and Knuckles, I think, is going to be on, or Sonic Two is going to be on Paramount Plus. So I'm just going to watch it there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I was there for Scream. Scream Five was really good. Did I not sponsor them? That's no, a shout out to them. I think no, I did. Didn't. I don't think you did. Oh, it was very good. I think it was on my mind. I forgot. Yeah. Very good. Okay. The Batman in half. Ooh. Okay. And stop comparing it to the Dark Knight. Let things enjoy. You don't compare your children unless one's like a drug addict murderer versus a good <laughs> child. Get over yeah. it. This is Earth Two Batman. Come on. Okay. Uh, all right. So. I guess we could talk about sports. Um, let's see. So we've got. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Yes. We, you, Charles told us to table something. I forget what it was. Uh, talked about. It's, it's probably something food related. Was it? Oh, Arby's. Ah, yeah. Arby's. Okay. <laughs> you were right. Probably something food related. So I haven't had Arby's in like two and a half years, but then I went like 18 years without having Arby's, but there was a sequence where I had Arby's. I'm like, you know, this is actually pretty good. And then I would have it consistently, and then it just fell off. But they made some damn good stuff that didn't involve roast beef and cheddar. Like, they had some buffalo chicken sliders. Love the curly fries. Wish I had it more, but when do I get the, when do I get the snack attack for it? I don't know. Uh, but it's good. The, Recommendable. Uh, we're the only place that has, the only mainstream place that has gyros. So that's not bad. It's not. They're not great euros. You want to get some legit euros? Go get some legit euros. But uh, oh, you go to gyros, Mr. Gyro. Yeah, whatever you call them. But yeah, no, it's. Hey, uh, gosh, when was the last time I went to Arby's? They got the like curly, it's there. Like it's an old curly friend. fries. Are one of the few that do that too. They do the curly hmm. fries as well. Um, and what else? What else do they do? I'm not even sure. See, uh, I think if they had toys, they, I would have gone there more. They had some pretty good shakes up until they changed the way they did them. And then they just, they, they tasted nasty. I mean, I don't know. It was just the Arby's that I went to, and I just never went to, to go back to get shakes from them again. But they had some pretty good shakes for, for quite a bit. I don't know. Maybe I, I should give them a try again at some point. Uh, pretty good chicken sandwiches, too. Uh, yep, they, yep. They, they got some pretty good chicken sandwiches. They got the French dip. Which I'm a fan of. I always love uh, French it's not dip. Bad. Is always it's good. Fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, Arby's is. Has the best commercials. Arby's is good if you want alternatives to the mainstream stuff, right? You, you, you got the three Burger King, Wendy's, and McDonald's kind of fighting each other for stuff. But Arby's, Arby's will give you uh, some options you're never, you're not going to see. And in fact, in some towns, you're just not going to see them at all. Uh, you know, with the roast beef, with the. Uh, French dips with the euros and stuff like that, and, and uh, they got fish as well. They got fish around there too. So all, all kinds of options from RB. So I, I, I think they're fine. Uh, the curly fries are are fine as well. I think they might be a little too greasy for me at some points, but I guess it just depends on I don't know the the place or the person that's working the the fryer or something like that. I'm not sure, but. I, it's just the play. It's there, you know. The horsey sauce. You got the horsey sauce. It's it's not bad either, right? That's their thing. One of the few places that has horseradish sauce uh, as as a normal condiment. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not poo pooing on them. Uh, Andrew, do you go to Arby's? You're going once in a while, every now and then, or is yeah, this like a I rare do. occasion? Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, I'd say like every couple of months. Okay. Yeah, that's basically me. Every four or five months, I'll go and be like, yeah, let's grab something. 
Let's go get something. Let's get a Euro. You know. uh, all right, so sports, th- things are happening. Uh, let's talk about the big one. Uh, NFL, Russell Wilson, Denver, Seattle, rebuilding. I don't know. I, I can't really. It happened. He- he's gone. He- the- an era has ended in Seattle, the best era of their franchise's history. He's going to get his number retired there in the future, and maybe he'll get some sort of like oh sign a one day contract type of thing and retire that type of thing so so it it finally happened here we go so uh charles uh are, are you gonna stop hating on the seahawks from here on out uh i mean it was a one season gig uh, okay. to hate on them right. because of the the favoritism mm-hmm. that was the problem when you were once big dog in the nfc west and you were jealous of my shine that was given on to the the niners and then the Rams, we don't acknowledge the Cardinals are frauds. Kyler Murray's a fraud. I don't care what <laughs> anyone tells me. Um, it was just one of those things where we're like, no, 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 no. But it, it was a one-season gig. The Seattle Seahawks are a very likable team outside of last season. I never really hated on any of them. And also they have possibly like the second-best loss in Super Bowl history because that mm-hmm. first one's always going to be, of course, um, the Falcons. Poor Atlanta. Poor Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but that's a, that's the Georgia curse. Yeah. Remember, the success of the Bulldogs and um, the Braves came at the expense of Matt Ryan and his happiness. <laughs> and Matt Ryan is just a good guy. Matt Ryan looks like he he goes to every Make a Wish Foundation request. Aww. That's how good of a human he is. Like I have never. I, I don't know why people hate him. I'm like he's 37. Why do you guys hate him? But I mean, to the trade itself, I think obviously it's a coup to Seattle. Anybody who loves Russ is fine, but you're not in an era where you should feel connected to people and players, considering the fact that a lot of them don't stay for life. Tom Brady didn't retire a Patriot. Peyton Manning did not retire a Colt. Um, people come, people go hall of famers, you know, Drew, it's not like Drew Brees who left the chargers to become hall of Famer with the saints. No, you had Russ is Russell hall of famer debatable. I think a guy who always mentioned in the round table as being an MVP candidate who never got to be an MVP candidate doesn't qualify as hall of fame, but maybe I'm being petty, but you got two first rounders, two second rounders, mm. a fifth rounder. You got drew luck. I'm sorry. You got Shelby Harris. Okay. You got a good defensive tackle. And then you got, um, Noah Fant, who was a first round pick as a tight end. You may not get a QB this year. But the idea is there's for next year. And you were on the salary hell anyway. The problem with these big quarterbacks that have been signed and given extensions for, because there's a certain one that we're going to talk about that has been signed and big money allegedly, it's going to hurt your cap number. And cap's never going to be too high where you can sign everybody. Who you also feel bad for, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Because right now the expectation is you're going to have Drew Lockett throwing you the ball. I'm so sorry. But for the Broncos, eh. What does this mean? Because you do this big trade, and I'm going to make it into this analogy. We we saw the last two years of Matt Stafford going to the LA Rams, winning a Super Bowl under Sean McVay. The year prior, Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers under Bruce Arians, wins a Super yeah, Bowl. And I know what you're saying. Charles is the same thing, uh, but I, it's not. Yeah, th- that's kind of the thing that stuck out to me is he's in the AFC West now. And the AFC West is is like you got uh, the Chiefs are still there. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's the big Chargers thing. Are still there. The Chargers there with their quarterback Herbert, who's good, and even the Raiders. Oh, kind of there. The Raiders are there. They they try. I mean, Derek Carr's not a bad 
QB either. I mean, I think Denver basically just looked at themselves like, we don't have a quarterback. Let's do something. Let's get somebody. Uh, we but can't draft can them, I, so. Can I tell you why I don't think this is going to work? They thought, they think, they're. Tr- I mean, they're such a, they're trying to repeat the Peyton Manning thing. In yeah, a sense. but can I tell you why Go this ahead. is not going to work? Mm. You, what's the difference between what Tom Brady and Matt Stafford had that Russell Wilson's not going to get here? A proven head coach. <laughs> a proven head yeah. coach. Yeah. Bruce Arians, proven head Bruce coach. Arians, Never went to the Super Bowl with the Cardinals. No, Proven head coach. Sean McVay Sean went McVay. to the Super Bowl. Proven head coach. Yeah. You're running the gamut that for Nathaniel Hackett is going to be able to do all this, all the pieces in his first year. Learning under Matt LaFleur as his lineage of trees, of coaching skill trees going from there. And I don't see it as the big basis because Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy is not Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It is not um, Cooper Cup and OBJ and Robert Woods. Javante Williams had one year splitting time with, um, of course, now I forget his name because, of course, I'm putting on Melvin Gordon. And the defense is kind of there, but this is a whole first year philosophy. And I think, ha- have you really ever had a coach who had that much success to immediately, immediately win? Because you got the player. But the problem with Denver has been for the last three years since Gary Kubiak retired. That's a big old asterisk anyway of them getting a Super Bowl win with Peyton Manning in spite of everything is, is the system in place for you to actually succeed and win games. Gary Kubiak won off of basically run game, pistol, and some shotgun to help Manning and his alteration. But then obviously once Peyton left, Gary Kubiak could coach, right, <laughs> essentially. And yeah. then you had Vance Joseph, and then you had Man, um, how Grangio. many of those guys – uh, they're all first-time coaches. How many of those guys on that that Super Bowl-winning Broncos team with Manning got or kept jobs or got jobs just but, based on that one season? Here comes even the uh, stronger point. When Manning, when he went to the Broncos, John Fox was a reputable coach, man. That's true. That's how you got there against Seattle and got crushed mm-hmm. because you were outplayed. And Gary Kubiak had success in Houston, man. And was able to get the Texans to the AFC Championship, I believe, once and then a couple division rounds. So you gave all this up on the whim of a coach that this is his first go in it on a guy who I don't I don't think he's gonna have a steep decline. That's just people who like to say they're steep declines. But a guy who at the end of the day, has he really elevated the talent around him versus being and this is a trade. Right? Like he is this he hasn't signed an extension or anything. He hasn't signed an No, he's already on a contract for like another three years. Okay. So, so you're is, bound to his contract. So this is basically I'm sure this is how they're they're looking at it. This is transition year. This is a, a year where they see where they are at. Uh they'll let you know Wilson kind of get back into into actual game shift, get healthy in some sort of way. Because like if the season's lost, season's lost. They'll probably let him get healthy and basically burn a year. That's what they're gonna see what they got in this head coach, and they're gonna hope like if things go bad and just okay, we just see who's out there on the market, see who's proven that's out there on the market, and try and lure them over to Denver, saying, hey, look, we got Russell Wilson, like we got a proven QB, and we can just kind of. But that's the problem, Francisco, is you have everything in place. You have Patrick Sertain on defense. You have the rumors that you're going to bring back in um, Von Miller. You Mm -hmm. still have Bradley Chubb and all these other guys. So you have some faces on defense. And then on offense, you should be, in theory, straight unless you have a line. You have Garrett Bowles still starting at tackle guard, so that's concerning. But 
what, what does this move into? It's not so much that you're going to the hard division. It's so much a follower of that you're rolling this gambit on a first-year coach per his advisement because riddle me this, boys, since we're speaking of Batman stuff. You're, if you're saying that, hey, this is a good hire because look what Hackett was able to do to Aaron Rodgers, was it really that Nathaniel Hackett had any influence in the success of Aaron Rodgers fully except for like maybe a piece of the pie? Or was it really that that roster was just set up because Brian Gunkis did it well and Matt LaFleur is a competent coach and Aaron Rodgers is a perennial MVP you know, guy, mm. how much of it is to hack it? Because we've seen it work. Guys get hired and we think this is a good thing and it turns up to be just terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. In Miami. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you got to love the dorky man. I love the dorky man. But totally th- these are just things of why I'm not big into it. And you gave up so much because you're not talking about two first rounds. You're talking about two first rounders, a second, essentially yep. a first rounder, Noah Fant from three years ago, yep. and then some side players. And what Seattle does with it is it just says, hey, we have bargaining ships. Because who's to say that if Deshaun Watson's um, 22 sexual harassment, not harassments, 22 sexual assault allegations disappear, that Houston's not going to say no to two first rounders, no, right? That's true. And a couple of second rounders. And then imagine putting Deshaun Watson, because let's let's be fair here. You have to gamble in order to lose a season. Ooh, I went there under the eyes of Roger Goodell. The most Watson will ah. get hit with is like four games. That's it. Imagine what Deshaun Watson can do with DK Metcalf and TJ Lockett, or Tyler Lockett, I'm sorry. Tyler Lockett and then Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. That, that could be formidable, I would mm-hmm. say. So with Seattle, it's basically playing house money because you have a quarterback who's complaining. You have ownership who is kind of broke. They know they got to pay some dudes too. And they're going to be looking at everything. Well, we're just going to, you know, take, uh, we're going to just take the butcher's bill, see how many is on the field and just take it with us and go. It's it's a good one for them with Denver. I'm like, good luck. You got your guy, but isn't it always Denver? It always feel like they're chasing the shadows that Elway left behind of big footsteps. And then you got Peyton, which was big footsteps. And then you couldn't make anything work. So you had to go with the next big footstep. Cause I've seen teams win without, you know, that big megastar transformational champion at QB. Hell, the, uh, the um, Rams just went with Matt Stafford. Yeah, I went there. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. But that's all I can say about the Broncos all in right. Seattle. So there's that one. Uh, the other one is, uh, I guess, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. He's getting paid <sighs> four years, $200 million. That's the deal that is on the table right now, and that's going to be worked out between them. So that'll be fun. So there's that. And then uh, Calvin Ridley. Mm, suspended mm, mm. indefinitely by the NFL for gambling on games and uh, he needs a PR person because he keeps tweeting stuff out and he needs to shut up right now he said it was only $1,500 he was uh, I mean this past season he was uh, on leave for mental health reasons which is you know uh, fine and all but I guess it in that time frame, I think it was like five weeks, um, and he uh, gambled on a few games. From what I've, I don't know if I don't, I don't believe he gambled on any games on his team. It was when he wasn't playing. Exactly, and it wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't playing. He wasn't even. He was sitting, basically saying he was sitting on his couch watching games, and he just decided to do that. And of course, the NFL, Roger Goodell, comes out like we can't do that. <laughs> It's going to affect the integrity of the game. And right now, this I guess it's going to be a 
interesting era as now gambling laws are getting loosened across the United States. And these leagues are realizing there's a boatload of money just sitting there for them to, to get into all this. Heck, that's the whole thing with Bally Sports. Bally Sports is... Uh, Bally, the company, I think they're based in Vegas. That's their thing. And if you've watched Bally Sports broadcasts of NBA and the NHL uh, lately this season, you see they put the odds on the screen in, in the in the score crawl on, on the bottom of the screen. So they, uh, it's it's becoming a thing, and it these leagues are kind of hoping it, that it doesn't seep into the actual players or the coaches or even the executives <clears throat> Miami Dolphins uh, <laughs> and that didn't have anything to do with gambling that was uh, gambling on a number one pick that's what that's what that was but these leagues are going to have to start figuring out what they're going to do and of course there's of course the uh, the glaring thing whereas oh this guy got suspended indefinitely for betting on a few games on his couch and this guy beat his woman and is only suspended like two games or something like that, you know. So. Damn, you didn't even let me segue into oh, that. Oh, well then, Charles, well, there you go. Well, before we get into that, I just want to mention something really quick. Yeah. Or a couple of things first. One, I don't really see the issue if you're betting on your team to win or to do something positive. Like, ah, uh, yes, you are wanting money. You are wanting more money for your team to do well. I feel like that could be like a like a small carve out mm. for gambling because I can get it if if it's illegal to tank to tank a game or to point shave or anything. But if you're betting on your team to do well, what's so bad about that? Oh, Pete Rose. Well, the rumors is that he was betting against his team. Pete Rose isn't in baseball for that reason either, because he was betting on the Reds to win, and yet he's still. That's what I mean. It's it's stupid. Like, yeah, yeah, but I I guess it's a slippery slope, but that's probably the idea, the 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 ideal behind it. It's like it's a slippery slope, you know. Uh, And of course, there's there's the massive rumors of Michael Jordan. Everything is a slippery slope. Jordan totally did it, by the way. <laughs> Retiring. Because uh, and maybe that's why he was the greatest of all time. Because he was betting on himself <laughs> to win games. Um, but yeah. And then, I just, uh, one more thing. It's kind of like an adjacent. Or, I'll let you discuss and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw my point in. Well... Uh, is it still with the gambling thing? Yes. Well, what is it? Or no, no, it's about the the severity of the. Oh the well, un- this is the segue. So Charles, go ahead about the. So hmm. it wasn't in our chat that we put, that I put this into, but I since we're unloaded in the clip, I might as well just go all in because we all know I don't like Roger Goodell. That's the disclaimer. That's the first setup. The man has piss poorly ran a policy and procedures mode when it comes to imposing suspension and punishments to players. And it is just a huge disparity. For every um, severe thing that happens, it might be indefinite on one player or 
you think of Justin Blackman and Josh Gordon, who, not that I'm saying they should ever get chances, but they just get kind of set up for fail. But Justin Blackman has a little bit of different history, but you remember him as a wide receiver in Jacksonville Jaguars, had like a couple of decent seasons, and then multiple run-ins and issues like that kind of kicked him out for a while. But then you have like the inconsistencies that come in. Ray Rice, eight games. Adrian Peterson, you know, the whole season for hitting his shot with switch. Tyreek Hill gets nothing. Kareem Hunt, like, you know, Spartan kicks, according to Twitter, his his girlfriend only gets eight games out of it. And then you get a player at Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, he got four games in, but nothing happened to him. That's why the Deshaun Watson is very interesting, right? We talked about a year ago. Everything catches up. And now you have a player, Calvin Ridley, not a bona fide number one, but number one, at least on the Falcons part. Get suspended for gambling. I first off just want to know how they found out because someone he must have pissed somebody off, to which that just becomes disclosed. Because you can drug test for all the drugs in the world, but how do you get out there of what he's doing? And the problem was he, you just kind of admit it. Even if you say that it was only fifteen hundred dollars that you were gambling to, you're just screwed, man. It's kind of like that thing if you get arrested, just don't say it to the cops. Don't blow. It's okay. Um, but then you have this despair because now it's indefinite. Now it's the worst thing. But you have men beating people up, beating up their wives. Alvin Kamara, what happened to that when they just went freaking, um, you know, little rascals on a guy in the elevator? And I think they were going in between. But that was only a couple months ago. I haven't heard a thing on it, right? When he was charged and arrested after the Pro Bowl for beating something up. Uh, Thank God for, for the season. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm like, we're perpetuating violence versus gambling. And gambling, I'm not for it. I gamble very lightly, if anything, if I go to a casino. But what is the severe ramifications of happening? We even acknowledge it as an addiction. An addiction. As soon as you provided someone help, you do it for the policies and procedures that happen if you're um, substance abuse, right? I would hope at least mm. if you're the employer, mm. but it is like you have gamblers anonymous and said, we're just going to penalize somebody. And the issue with it is that owners aren't going to care. Maybe they care, but it's not going to stop anybody from reconsidering him because it's not like he ran somebody over and killed them or beat somebody up and had all the assault weapons, Greg Hardy. Um, but he was still given multiple chances, but now we're playing this whole thing about the integrity of the game. The integrity of the game is ruined not just by the players, but those who enforce laws, including Roger Goodell with his inconsistencies. And maybe, maybe this is the first time you found somebody who was gambling and now you have to figure out what to do. But if you're going to impact somebody for indefinite, indefinite is a strong word because it's not until the season. It's upon reinstatement, upon reconsideration of the commissioner. Mm -hmm. And there are players such as Justin Blackman or Josh Gordon who there's some preferential treatment, that, not preferential treatment because they're both treated poorly, but there are some pickings and choosings who you can come in there. And I kind of, I said it in one chat, and I'm just going to say now, and whoever has an issue with it, I really don't care. Is it me? Or is Roger Goodell maybe a little bit harder on non-white players huh. when it comes to <laughs> rule policies enforcement? Mm. Because I'm seeing a big old inconsistency with it and let me ask you this roger goodell how is this in the basis and i'm gonna ask this question if a guy is gambling on the success he's not even playing the game but he's gambling on the predicate of what his team's outcome could be different than stephen ross if a single merit of what brian flores alleged to be true 
of offering $100,000 for every game loss itself. We can't count anything with Hugh Jackson because the man's not credible at all. He's basically a, like a thief at church. You don't give him the basket for the monies. But what does it say about ownership? And it's a two-way street because it's not just the players who can ruin the integrity of the game whatsoever. It's also those in the administrative policies. And I'm just saying that aside from the inconsistencies, are we kind of cracking down harder on certain people? And even to give a defense to someone as not likable as Cole Beasley, when he was going to say, hey, I don't like Corona, I ain't getting no vaccine. He was targeted. He was targeted straight up, and that's how he got uh, hit up on a few things. There's a lot of things that are at issue. So are you saying he's got gambling, and then you're asking gambling addiction? Have you even put these protocols in place of why it's important in a modern-day era? Isn't this a conversation that you should have had that made gambling legal to bet on? How's this also going to impact players coming into it? Are you going to transition these issues from college to the pros? I got a lot to say about it. I feel like I've said too much, so I apologize. Mm. But it's it, it might seem like a singular issue, but really what it is, it's branches of a tree that spread out to all the other underlying issues that work under this big old oak tree that is Roger Goodell and his ass-backwards policy, and they're not going to care because they're still going to be making the most money in sports. But now I have like – linear things I can bring up to. Like, well, if this is considered gambling when he's out there, what about the Stephen Ross thing, if it is legitimately true? Hmm. Interesting questions to pose. Andrew, what was your your thing? So, my thing was I kinda, sorta understand, as much as I hate to admit it, why they're they're making a harsher example of him it's because it's probably exclusive it's actually in their rules that you can't gamble on games as stupid as i think it is the thing to do is to actually penalize off-field shit like wait what does that mean uh-huh like you're you're penalizing whatever his name is calvin really thank you you're penalizing him because it's it's in the nfl rules you're not allowed to gamble on games mm-hmm. mm. and supposedly the nfl has this rule was like detrimental conduct to the league or some some bull it's is that the we're going to punish you because you're not a white quarterback rule? Damn. Coming in on that, Roger Goodell. Right. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Exactly. It actually enforced the fucking thing. And more importantly, well, for one thing, I think you're on point with the, the racial disparity thing because case in point and i know we can't under under uh rules of evidence you're not allowed to uh glean liability for something off of a off of a corrective measure that a group does but the nfl just settled for lots of money the 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 case where they were disproportionately giving lower payouts to black uh, players, retired players, because they didn't do, they didn't fare as well on this supposed 
test. Do you remember that? Yes, uh, on the um, the thing they used to give before the draft, right? Uh, no, 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 not the no. Wonderland. Not the Wonderland. Um, it was the um, when they were determining payouts for like mental brain compensation. Oh, for the CTEs, right? Yes, they use some side. They use some kind of analysis formula that disproport. It was determined. It was based on like what was the cognitive ability of the player now versus a certain baseline. So they did craniology as their payout effect. Basically, yes. But the problem was the baselines they used gave lower marks to black players. So they got lower payouts because the difference between the baseline and where they were with CTE was smaller versus a white player. Because, like, let's say a white player starts at a 10 and he's down to a 4. But, let's, but the baseline for black players, let's say, is a 7. So they go down to a 4. Do you follow? Yes. So obviously the NFL has a lot of racist shit in its past. And I would not be surprised if their enforcement is based a lot on race, even if subconscious, but you got it. They got to step up the level of enforcement for these conduct protocol breaches because their, their whole thing, like with the NCAA, um, when it came to the Penn State, uh, when it came to uh, Baylor, they said, "Oh, we're not going to penal. We're not going to penalize these schools for these nefarious acts because it's not related to athletics, or it's it's not like a lot of people were calling for Penn State or Baylor to get like a one year death penalty, like SMU did back in the eighties." But the NCAA's whole argument was, well, SMU broke NCAA rules because they were paying recruits. As bad as Sandusky and Bryles were, they didn't break NCAA rules, so we're not going to punish them for that. And BU says, hence why they didn't with Baylor, because precedent was already set. So... NCAA, go fuck yourself, change your rules. NFL, go fuck yourself, change your rules. Actually put severe penalties on shit that is outside of your gaming purview. Instead of six games for Ray Rice absolutely doing what he did. (laughs) I still call all elevator cams Ray Rice cams. Give him a year at least and look like at Ben Roethlisberger. Like, he didn't well, get that's a. The one that they put him on the conduct detrimental, though, because he wasn't found to be criminally liable for anything. But the, but the NFL isn't a freaking court of law. But that's the thing, it treats it as such. And, and there's I a think... CBA, Players Union will defend their players, they have to. So there's always like, I, sorry, I'm still in bar mode. So mm. I use a lot of analogies. 
like for instance, if someone wants to claim their slice of the pie of someone's estate, if you kill them, you don't get to claim the slice of the pie. Now, if even if the person is not held criminally liable, if the judge thinks by a preponderance of the evidence that they killed the person, that's okay. They can be can, they will, can be written out in that case. So you don't have to be criminally liable for killing the person. You just have to be more more likely than not to have killed the person, and you don't get the money. So that's my point. Roethlisberger wasn't criminally liable, but it's pretty fucking obvious that he did what he did. So, oh, well, he wasn't criminally liable, so he so he's scot-free. No. Do your own internal analysis. Did he do what he did? Because that's a really fucking high bar to reach in the criminal justice system. Roger Goodell, you are not a judge. You well, are not, never will be a judge. To a degree. He's like the end-all, be-all enforcer. Judge, jury, somewhat executor. Well, right, but his decisions aren't based on... Uh, wow, and I forget this. Uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. His decisions aren't based on that. Well, here's the thing, though, Andrew, and I think you kind of forgot it. Due process is a concept that goes beyond just a criminal setting. It goes into a lot of things in the areas of law, even if you get into arbitrations, having your day in court. And that's why you even have appeals process coming into whatever is decided to you in the NFL. And that's why you have the appeals panel. Yeah. So and CEA, it, it, all that stuff kind of governs yeah. over how much Be, because he can do. They're, they're not. It's the idea of that, yes, he it's can the pass judgment. Why the Astros didn't get punished for their scandal. Yeah. Cheating, so, so, and you, the thing is, Goodell's been around what twelve years now as the commissioner. So mm-hmm. you see what, and we'll bring into Deshaun Watson and Roethlisberger because I don't know of any modern and past gambling for the NFL. But if you have somebody who's failed, who found to be non-criminally liable coming into the situation with Roethlisberger, and he got four games, don't you think? in the CBA for the players to protect their dudes. They know that they're going to have guys in the future who are going to be accused of alleged sexual assault. And then you don't think they're going to put protections in there for them in the future of what happens if there is no criminal investigation that comes around to a formal indictment or arrests and charges. Cause remember, and, and I don't know how we became legal people, but I get to say this an arrest is just an arrest. Probable cause is such a very low threshold. It really means nothing. It means that there was enough to find that criminal activity essentially afoot to which you had to arrest somebody, right? It's the other stages and beyond reasonable doubt and then coming into the civil nature. But with this kind of world in the NFL, you don't think that they put the framework for the future where they say, hey, um, we know you did this then, but if my guy isn't charged, it's, it's not like a um, Henry Rugg situation where DOA on arrival, right? But it's a matter of there was nothing criminal to charge with, and it didn't even go through the process of a plea deal. And civil lawsuits, people get sued all the time, and those resolutions, there was because let me tell you, but they're not going to get to a trial. I think I think there's going to be a set out or a payout money. So maybe if there's a payout settlement, maybe a suspension, but that's usually you sign an NDA 
of what those messages are. So I think there's a lot of protections for someone like Deshaun Watson in that sense. The problem with Goodell is that he always seems like for a guy who seems to be in the face of it, just doesn't know what the hell to do with himself and with his rules. If that kind of flushes some light in the big issues, but taking some real world facts and bring into a real world situation. It's got serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we picked the legal brains yeah. and at some point we're not, the three of us are not just random people. We, we are highly educated, surprisingly, so. as we yeah. were debating about alter ego, crackling oat brand cereal and you know, Rice Krispie Treats. <laughs> Complete contrast from the beginning of this show. Uh, I do want to move on from here. So that's the NFL news. Um, I, I do want to post some stuff here. I had some other things uh, real quick. Uh, of course, we got the Heat. Victor Oladipo is back. Best team in the East. Victor Oladamo, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. He played only 15 minutes, but man, what a 15 minutes. Oof. Uh, the Heat aren't trading for nobody. They already got their guys. Yeah, We're ready you, to go. We, we don't, y'all want your Devin Bookers? Mm-hmm. Not me. You want your job, Morantz? Man looks like gummy thin as a toothpick. I got I, real I, I'm not there. hating on Ja. I'm not we love Ja. Ja, no. we love you. We were supporting you two years ago, but I got to yeah, talk exactly. that ish now because yeah. there's only 16 games left in the season, Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, both the NBA and the NHL are, are down to basically the last month of the season. And things are, are going to get interesting. You want to say that the man who loves chicken wings and probably thinks gasoline is the greatest song ever and James Harden is going to beat that Heat team? Not me. Uh, Andrew's going to head out. Okay. Uh, Can you spare a couple more minutes, Andrew? Sure. All right. So I just saw this image right now when I was going through Twitter. That's the size that bases are going to get from the original uh, that's about to happen. The one on the right? Yeah, the one on the left. Oh, the one on the left? It's getting bigger. They're going to be bigger bases. So there you go. It's noticeable. It's, it is it's, noticeable. It's very noticeable size. Uh, I was kind of hoping for something ridiculously big. <laughs> like you could see it from the upper deck type of big. But I can deal with this. It, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to poo-poo this. I think that's fine. I like it for a couple of reasons. And I'll explain why. Mm. One, it's safer. All right. Yeah, we did. That ex- we, we were talking about this off show, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think they should do kind of like what they do with Little League, where they have an orange bag on the outside of the line for first base, for first base only, um, to prevent collisions. I mean, they already have different rules for first base anyway. Then why not just extend it to first to what part of the bag can you touch? Now, mm-hmm. for those who don't know. So in Little League, what they do is they have the typical white bag, but then they also have an identical orange bag that goes on the other side of the baseline. And the reason for that is because a, play, a, a runner can either touch the, the usual white base or they can touch the orange base to avoid a collision with the first baseman or whoever's covering first. Now, 
the first baseman is not allowed to use the orange part of the bag to step on it for an out. That orange part is only for the runner. And I think it's perfectly logical. It makes perfect sense because it's, you see all these injuries. I mean, they're not all the time, but these are avoidable injuries. Um, I see Francisco is pulling up a picture here. Um, it's not an orange line. It's an orange base. Oh, there, there you go. It's the third picture. So the white base, the white part of it is located normal. Um, but the orange part, like I said, is in foul territory. It allows the player, the runner, to step on that to avoid a collision. I think it's brilliant. I think higher leagues should be using it. It's a no-brainer. But to my point, um, I like the expanded size for a couple of reasons. One, even if they're not going to use the outside base thing, that extra couple of inches is an extra couple of inches that the first baseman steps toward the field that gives a little more of a line for the runner coming through. So it does avoid a collision just by a couple of inches, which is important. It also helps runners because it's that extra couple of inches that can make the difference between safe and an out. Yeah. Um, Maybe it'll up stolen bases. Mm. And it will definitely up stolen bases. Right now, stolen bases are a thing of the past because the catchers are getting, it's not through fault of their own, it's good. The catchers are getting really good at throwing out runners. Um, so that extra, if you watch sports science. Yeah, and also the, the heavy reliance on the three true outcomes. Right. Which is also the other rule that we're going to talk about. So on sports science, it tells you that, you know, just like an extra inch of a lead off of first base before the steal makes it that much harder. So it, it's, I, I love defense. I'm a catcher. uh, So I, I prefer throwing people out. Um, but if you're ter- t- talking about the overall balance of the game, in that regard, at least, it's shifting a little bit more toward the defense. You can shift it a little bit more toward the offense here because can you imagine what Juan Pierre could have done if he had an extra inch or two to work with? Oh, yeah. yeah. Per base? Mm-hmm. Like, just his, just his bunts would be impeccable and it yeah, or Ichiro <laughs> you would have had a few oh, more hits yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so it I see it as an absolute win to it all around I don't see any reason why it shouldn't have been done um they instituted the shift ban right yeah that's that the that's the other that's the other rule uh to ban the shift um uh, Joey, I, the Joey Gallo rule. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the of the shift ban. Mm. Um, I think it could have been tweaked a little bit without an outright ban. 
I mean, I don't know if it's just an outright ban. Like, you, you can't have more than two fielders on one You know side what I would have done? You know what I would have done? I say you can shift, but only at the moment that the pitcher begins his windup. Oh, God. So, basically, they have to rush over to the other side of the field. <laughs> as soon as the pitcher begins his windup, and the pitcher can't slow down, or else it might be called a balk if there's a guy on base or something like that. <laughs> I just think that would be funny to see guys I, I, scrambling I, I, around. I, I like that. I do like that. Um, <clears throat> I think also they could have. I mean, there were. I've seen a lot of good suggestions about how to kind of nerf the use of the ban or nerf the effect of, uh, effectiveness of the ban without getting rid of it outright. Um, you know, I, and I keep going back to, I, I keep also thinking if they're give, if they're just learn how to fucking bunt. Like, yeah, there, there's this, there's this video that I remember from long, 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 long time ago, where Robinson Cano, uh. I think was playing for the Yankees at the time, was in Boston. They've got the full shift on him. He does like a swinging bunt. It's it, like he holds it like a bunt, but he's actually like swatting at it like a swing. He hits it down the left field line. No one is there, and he gets a double out of it. Just do that. I know it's not sexy, but if you keep doing that, just fucking bunt the ball or something. And the thing is, I think a lot of hitters, I mean, when our baseball players. Hitters don't have high hitting IQ. Is that what you want to say? Well, no, I don't think it's that. I, I don't think that it's that at all. I think some guys, it's it's just they they've been so programmed and are just pull hitters, just complete pull hitters that they just can't help themselves, and that's how they've been hitting since they were kids or since they were teenagers at least. That it and it got them to the big leagues, but uh, it, it's I, I think it's it's also the way that they're coming up now because of the three true outcomes and all this is just trying to make sure that they can put the ball in play and make the game more exciting which which i'm all for i i, I think look baseball has been pretty laissez-faire uh for for a lot of while but now it's gotten to the point where it, it's almost like certain video games where there's just a certain way or like in mario kart like mario kart ds where you had to do the snaking thing and if you pick toad with this right cart and basically everybody was playing online with that and suddenly it wasn't fun anymore because yeah i could learn i couldn't i could do the snaking thing and drifting across the entire course and and winning a race just like that but everybody else is doing it too and they're all playing the same characters suddenly it's not fun anymore it's there's no variety and well, I, I think doing certain, adding certain rules, this basically like if you're middle middle infield, you're at second base, you're gonna be on the right side of the field, or if you're on you know, the short side, you're gonna be on the left side of the field, and then the outfielders can move where the hell they want. I, I, I think it's fine. Other sports have positional rules, football especially. You can't do certain things. 
this uh, so I, I think it's fine for me it is but but the reason why I'm not a fan of it kind of going back to the whole small ball sort of aspect it encourages bunting from your left from left-handed players and I mean look Juan Pierre I mean no one would ever do this but let's say someone someone put Juan Pierre put a uh, David Ortiz shift on Juan Pierre. He could drag the butt down the first the baseline. The thing is that that would n- never have happened with scouting and everything. They would never do that. I know. I'm just saying. Like, so and, can, and the guys can, that do this, normally these are guys like big DHs or big first basemen or big right fielders that that th- this is happening to. And I guess teams, a lot of teams would rather they be out than just have a single. I, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's really weird. I get your point. I understand I, your point. But my, um, I guess my ultimate point though is I really do not like how it's become the three true outcomes. Yeah. I, I want more variety in how. Well, this is trying to help encourage that. I mean, right. I, I, we'll see if it works. It may not work. But uh, I don't mind it. I, 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 I think it's more in line with other sports that do. So you, you can't have certain players in certain spots of the field or ice or court. So I, 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 I'm not too broken up about it. I'm glad that there's no, there's the DH is universal. And then uh, I guess we won't have time to talk about the 14 team playoff. So, but that's for another day. All right. Andrew, you got to go. You said, yeah, I'm out, but you guys go ahead and keep going. Well, we're at 208. So Charles, we're, we're going to head into the cage. Andrew, we'll see you next week. Bye, Andrew. All right, everybody. Welcome All to right, weekly Truplex, the cage with Charles. Full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It's a stage fight. It's a song and dance. I know that pisses off a lot of the old time wrestlers when they say the same ballet, but damn, what do you want me to say? That's your live action stuff movie. Get over it. Accept it's it. It's okay. Opera. You make you make beautiful music it's a soap opera it's a 1998 nsync 98 degrees britney spears love story music video where you know everything's going on it's about men and women championship yes yes Uh, uh, yeah finish your intro but i want to ask you something after that it's about men and women chasing championships establishing legacies being the holy hell of each other and then once again You never forget because I feel like this is always something that I have to end on our intro. Pain of your existence, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, mm-hmm. and the toxic relationship that I have with him. I'll never have anything more toxic a relationship than with him, right? Mm-hmm. For 25 years, I, I want to nonsense. Now, I want to open the show in because I didn't have anything planned, and I know you're pretty good on the spot in honor of International Women's Day. Who is or who are your favorite female wrestlers? Um, all right, so I'll give you through the three stages of wrestling that I was watching on. So the three stages of wrestling that I was watching on is going to be when I first started wrestling, which was eight years old when I moved to Florida. Then we're going to bring into when I came back into wrestling, which around circa 2016, that we'll go to now. Okay, so favorite woman wrestler in when I first got back into wrestling, Trish Stratus. In love with her, beautiful woman. I don't care. Marry me, fine, epic, right? Good old but Canadian she woman. brought in. Yeah, Canadian woman. You know, one of the good things that came out of Canada, aside from Reynolds and um, a few other people, but she, aside from being gorgeous, right, she could actually wrestle. She started off as being the manager of TNA with Tessa and Albert and then became to do her own thing, had a great legacy and um, rivalry with Lita. She, her finisher move was Stratisfaction. 
just yeah attitude era was a very misogynistic time i was an eight-year-old boy of course i'm gonna gravitate towards that but she can actually go in the ring she actually came back in SummerSlam about two years ago to go against charlotte flair and the match was actually very good i can't tell you how many multiple you know titles she held escapes me off the top of my head as you see in the photo snapshot there was the rock she there's a period where she was with like vince mcmahon a lot of stuff but you know she did a lot of cool things a lot of good things with it she helped bring in the era of women wrestlers because remember i think with vince mcmahon and the misogynistic purview that he had because of course it's no coincidence the boss had locked lips with somebody right kind of disgusting now when you think about it maybe that's the reason why we need to have these uncomfortable conversations about people in power influencing it to get certain things that they want even though they proclaim it to be innocent because it might be innocent but still pleasurable and that's the problem um with some of these things but i enjoyed her time wrestling then appreciate her time now um when i came back into 2016 it was kind of tough i had been out of the game for a bit i came back into wrestling full-time because um one of our guy friends in law school David Krogi was like, ah, oh, you know, wrestling. I'm like, wrestling, I like wrestling. And he's like, yeah, have you caught up stuff? And I'm like, I haven't caught up in like the modern day wrestling. No, it's been a bit, all this other stuff. And he's like, well, you know, start going into it. And then I got back into NXT, you know, when it was black and gold brand was my kind of push into it. Then it led us to what was going on in the modern day era. So when I came back in 2016, that's when you got the four horsewomen revolution. And I was like, oh, you know, this is this is really interesting. And that was Sasha Banks, that was Charlotte Flair, that was Bailey, and that was Becky Lynch all coming together. And it really just kind of enticed it. But the person that I loved getting back into wrestling was Asuka, because Asuka was just super dominant. And I because Becky and all of them had kind of been called up on the main roster, but I know there was a connection for me to watch them on the main roster. But it was Asuka who was just literally killing it. And I see, and I've talked about her before on the show. She can go, man. There was like her wrestling Minoru Suzuki over in Japan. She, she's got the Asuka like as a finisher and a couple other things that she does depending on it. But she's had some success. I would love for her to have a WrestleMania moment. She's currently injured right now. But I've seen her live. She knows how to work with the crowd, work with the energy. She knows how to pawn some good-ass matches. But what made her so special by NXT was like she was that equivalent of Goldberg, except with the real talent because she was undefeated. She finished her NXT career undefeated. And, of course, she lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania. A very good match. I loved it. I loved it. Um, and now my favorite one, Asuka's still kind of up there. She's been out of the ring for a bit. But I'm a fan of characters, and I'm not saying that this is my current favorite, but I'm going to give a shout-out to what we're doing at NXT. I can mention Bianca Belair. I can mention Becky Lynch. I can mention Charlotte Flair. I can mention Raza Rousey. I love me some Sonya Deville and the talent that she has there. But I'm going to go back to another one um, on NXT because now it's NXT 2.0. And now they're kind of focusing more on characters and all the feel-good stuff. But I'm going to give it for a gimmick I'm invested in. And you know Charles loves gimmicks. He's a sucker for that. But right now it's Wendy Chu. And she was the, ah, I forgot her OG name that they called her when she was, it was Karen Q. But now she's Wendy Chu. And her whole gimmick, Francis Florence, is not racist, which makes me happy. She's like a sleepy human being. And it's hysterical to me. She comes in with the eye mask, like the pajamas and I the remember pillows. That. She was like sleeping on top of the lockers or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just like, I'm a sucker for that stuff, man. Like, you know, some things just kind of fit. It, it, it was, you know, I'm trying to think of all the gimmick characters I like that Vince ruins. Like, you know, I think about Aleister Black. I think about a few other ones. And then it just kind of like destroys it. Aleister Black's not a gimmick. He's Malachi Black. No, I 
in AEW. I'm just thinking about all the stuff that I like that they ruined. I can't think off the top of my head, but there's just something interesting about it that cracks me up because I think it's like Vince's jab at modern day culture and behavior of people of how us as millennials are just always overworked, overtired, and underpaid. And we just want some nap time. We love our Starbucks, but you put a character in the right performance and they own it. The Undertaker could only have been Mark Calloway. It could have been anybody else, right? Um, when Karen Q could be the only Wendy Chu. Like she even does a thing where like her elbow drop is her kind of doing nap nap time. And I'm just enjoying it. I'm gonna see where it takes you right. Obviously it's not a title, you know, give her a championship. That'd be cool if you do. But wrestling sometimes about the weekly game. It's a honky tonk man did it well. Elias, when he was still around on TV, I don't know what he's doing with his guitar and everything. That that's what's bringing in well. Yet people invested. They're good for segments. They're good for things to kind of break up the monotony as you're waiting for the next match. So that's just kind of where I am of like past, present, and currently the future. And for all different reasons, right? Um, so yeah. Didn't think I have the brand to go through that. <laughs> Any questions? Uh, Look at her. She's got a little unicorn yeah, mask. It's yeah. hysterical. It's great. Going into now, so much has happened. And I don't want to make this into a 30-minute cage. So I'm gonna just really do I do AEW or do WWE? Uh, I guess AEW because uh, revolution so much happened, has happened. So well, we, before we revolution the happened, before that, and so now we're gonna do a re- even before that. Tony Khan bought oh, yes, Ring of the big, Honor. Big, big money, yeah. Big money. So Ring of Honor, we had talked about it. It was on its death doorsteps. It's where a lot of the great talents had originated from. Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Um, I could just give you the list of names, but that's where they started. Tony Khan bought that. I was like, meh. But I know essentially the feeling towards it is just to kind of get the library and then try to utilize that for HBO Max to get Water Media stream AEW and the Ring of Honor library. And even though the Ring of Honor, you know, old matches were not shot well, there's some damn good matches on there. CM Punk and Samoa Joe, Brian Dennison versus Nacho McGinnis, stuff that I've watched, stuff that I haven't watched, stuff that I'm going to get into. And you know I love me, the WWE Network. What would I do when it was Corona time? I'll put that on as I wait for calls and do some things and stuff like that. I'll watch some old matches that I missed because I missed the gap in wrestling. I watch the old NWA matches. I would watch the old AWA matches. This could give me the opportunity to see all those matches I missed in Ring of Honor. What does that mean, though, for AEW if you have Tony Khan, who is the owner of AEW, the book of AEW, to go up there like, I'm out another wrestling promotion? doesn't mean that Ring of Honor is going to necessarily become part of AEW because if that was the case, wouldn't you just buy out the media rights and the talent that's currently on there? So he's going to book Ring of Honor. I don't know if he's got a plan, Stan. I don't think it's a situation of like when Vince McMahon bought WCW and ECW and tried to converge it all together. I think you kind of keep it separate, but you know, if it's own talent, of its own ingenuity, maybe you can use the very bloated roster on AEW to put would on Ring like of Honor. Would it be like an NXT thing where it'd be like a developmental maybe. league? Maybe, but here's the whole thing is you sign a lot of guys in indies and if you're getting a developmental thing, what are you trying to develop? You're still working on that with Dynamite. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, rude to the people who were there since day one when Dynamite occurred, but obviously the presence has changed when you got the John Moxley's, the Brian Danielson's, the Malachi Blacks. You know, they got William Regal came over. He used to be a great professional wrestler for WCW and WWF, and now he's coaching there. We get all these talents to kind of teach people to do it the television way. How do you develop? And the thing is that if you try to keep it separate by itself, how do you keep people invested into it? I don't really – the difference between 
putting someone from Raw and SmackDown onto NXT, which is actually happening right now at NXT Roadblock, where you're going to have Braun Breaker defend his NXT title and triple threat against Tommaso Ciampa and Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is on the main roster going down there. Is that we all know it's all part of the same brand. They're all getting the same paycheck by the same guy in the same organization. It's not NXT's own sort of thing. It's WWE's NXT, right? So we understand that. But Ring of Honor really is its own separate entity. And I don't know what you could do with it because I don't necessarily want you to kind of um, have it be a, a developmental league. What I want you to do with it is just have two-way talent, the way they were kind of doing how impacted it best with a forbidden door, except to have more money and resources. But really, this is what I will want, to be honest with you. Ring of Honor, talent goes between each other every now and then. And then what you have is, you know, twice a year, so Supercard like, pay-per-views. People are like on a two-way contract in a sense. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what you do is, you know, AEW already has four pay-per-views a year. You add in two crossover pay-per-views, okay. like how Ring of Honor used to do with New Japan when they had the Supercard of Honor. You can make it like a Survivor Series of such without it having to do like multiple invasion storylines instead of just the battle of the brands for supremacy. You know, mind you, it's wrestling is all scripted. So mm. Ring of Honor ain't going to win that for a bit. And then you can have Team Ring of Honor Originals, which you could do against the team AEW newbies. You, you can have the, they mentioned the four pillars of MJF and Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. And then one other person who escapes my brain, I apologize because it left me in my thought process, but it'll come to me eventually. Much forgiveness to anybody who goes with four pillars. I guess I go with three of them versus like Ring of Honor originals of Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe and CM, because I'm imagining Samoa Joe's got to pop up. CM Punk, the Briscoe brothers, stuff like that. You can do cool things of that nature. It's going to bother me that I don't know the four pillars of um, that. But as I'm talking, I'll look it up. But maybe. It's just, I think I told you guys, what's the point, right? Because I know you want the Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, that was the other one. I know you want to have it be big you really want it for the library because it might incentivize people to buy your streaming rights if you have this whole big thousands upon thousands of hours of wrestling tape and what's the thing about wrestling we talked about it it's one of the few sports or sports entertainments that can be rewatchable i don't go to wonder about that monday night football game that i saw seven years ago between yeah. the eagles and whoever the cowboys right now i don't care about that you can look at highlights why don't you look at highlights the only things i'll rewatch is old wrestling matches old boxing fights maybe some mma stuff but mma it's not entertaining anymore people want to tell me it's entertaining explain to me how it's entertaining when jorge masvidal is supposed to be this badass mofo and keeps getting knocked the hell out to kobe covington just saying that was over this weekend look we brought combat sports in there hmm. but it has incentivization because i'll even rewatch stuff from the prior year when i'm making my top 10 list for us and you find new nooks and crannies maybe i'm not looking at my phone maybe i'm more intense maybe i'm just hearing it differently. maybe it's a worse match maybe it's a better match there's an appreciation to it people like lists right and that's something useful for me but meh, we'll see because it's a plan but is it more of a plan of a plan or do you have a full plan if that makes sense in the purchase Revolution was this weekend. I did not spend $50. Instead, I decided to eat a gyro and play Horizon Forbidden West. We're at eight and a half of that game right now, but I'm barely touching the surface. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm like 21 hours in, and I probably have done like four or five main missions. There, there's so much to do. This is a problem with it. It's like a 60-hour game. And that's why I'm hoping we'll get to the nine and a half or to the nine, but I don't see it going any lower than eight and a half unless something stupid happens because it's very familiar i'll give it the shout out but we're not going to give the non-sponsor get back to me by april which is why it's just been breaking <laughs> yeah. and beating the game 
Um, I might take some time off next week, so maybe I'll get that chance. But Revolution was this weekend. I listed off the card itself, but um, some of the matches I heard that were bangers, Eddie Kingston, CM Punk. Um, the ladder match was good. The war, the Revolution ladder match, I, I think I sent you guys a clip of one of those, of like Orange Cassidy being in the middle and getting caught up. CM Punk versus MJF was supposedly excellent. Wardlow finally turned on him. It was a dog collar match. It was a lot of blood. When it goes on to the HBO Max streaming series, I will then watch it. I'll just watch it legally on YouTube. You know, no legally, but I didn't pirate it, but something there. The triple threat tag team match was supposed to be good. The main event was supposed to be good. Some of the winners, I was right. CM Punk won. Hangman Page won. Yay, we love him. Um, Warlow won. I was surprised. He won the face of the revolution. I thought they were really going to give that to Keith Lee. And I kind of missed not seeing that match because of big meaty men slapping meat with ladders but warlow is going to continue his feud with mjf now probably until double or nothing um brit breaker went against Santa rosa cheated the win okay okay fine you know they're continuing their feud they might meet up in the st patrick's day episode i don't know jay cargill versus um tenera conti or ty conti what i love about jay cargill she came out dressed as jade from Mortal Kombat, the green and everything so it was like perfect um no big reveals of that I recall because sometimes you get those big signs, except for William Regal. Oh, so I missed Moxley and Danielson, but I had like half a chub just going into it because Brian Danielson was Daniel Bryan, John Moxley was Dean Ambrose in WWE, and they didn't really feuded fully. And they had this match, and it was supposed to be great and gory. And then um, Moxley got the roll up pin on him in a submission, and they were just still locking into it, beating the hell out of each other. And William Regal, who they know, who they respected, who was in WWE, who was a coaching talent for NXT who was fired because Vince McMahon's on that petty train came in and broke him up and he would just decide to be all elite. And it's kind of like a dad telling his two kids to stop, you know, messing around. You know, it was that episode of South Park. We're like, stop screwing around the woodshop guy. That's how it felt like. And I don't know how he can just do the headbutt to Moxie's blood. I'm very eh when it comes to that stuff. Um, that's why I couldn't be a wrestler. He couldn't get me a drop on my neck and I can't blade for anybody, but I will eventually watch this one way or another. 50 bucks is <laughs> too much, man. I was going enough. back and forth on it. And it was a Sunday, and that ish ended at like 11.45, man. I like the look on it. Says, why, Papa? Why? Yeah, and he just he just slaps him in the face like, Daddy, why, Daddy? Why'd you do this to me? Um, where we're going to go in the storylines in the future, we'll do some predictions there because their next pay-per-view is Double or Nothing, and that's about two months now from now in May, and that's pretty big, right? So... I think we're getting CM Punk versus Hangman Page. I think you have nowhere to go but that. And what do you do with Hangman Page? Because he's beaten Brian Danielson, gave him his first clean pin. He's beaten Adam Cole, gave him his first clean pin, not counting the John Moxley match. Or not John Moxley, but the Orange Cassidy match. I'm watching the NXT roadblock match right now. And they just botched a couple of things and someone landed on like That's fantastic. Um, that's sarcasm, kids. But you have to do CM Punk and Hangman Page. My concern is, is that I think CM Punk wins that because MJF and him, they've gone twice. Now you go for the rubber match, and that's how you have MJF conquer it fully, right, if you're telling the stories correctly. Uh, Moxley, Brian, they're going to tag team up or they're going to beat the hell out of each other some more. I'll see Eddie Kingston, Jericho still continuing. That's kind of like my problem with AEW. There was no uh, betrayal by Santana or Ortiz, by the way. My problem with it is that there's a pay-per-view match, and it'll still continue afterwards. Vince does the same thing, too. But you can kind of switch it up a little bit because you got to remember there's not a lot of pay-per-views in between. I felt like if AEW had like eight, it makes my life easier because you could just try out some of the new guys because you mentioned about using Ring of Honor Developmental. There's a lot of guys who are signed that haven't had the opportunity to 
kind of be out there with all these other big is that guy wearing a uh lord zed shirt from power rangers that's awesome if it's true um <laughs> i just watched our wrestling i don't know the guy's name yeah. but i'll figure it out but um what an intimidating villain that they never capitalize on in any of the movies sadly right he's like coming in like human meat with like the guyver kind of headset and headpiece and nothing but it'll be interesting to go with AEW. So that's my thoughts on AEW for now. There'll be more to come. WWE is going to be very brief. Maybe. Maybe. It's going to be very brief. Roman and Brock is great. They had a live event on Saturday on Madison Square Garden where Brock was going to go against somebody. People really thought it was going to be a big swerve. So all of Twitter was like freaking out about it because they're thinking like, Edge is going to come in, be the random man, win the championship, go against AJ Styles for the title. Now it turns out to be awesome theory. Austin Theory like gets crushed, crushed, obliterated by Brock. And then Roman comes in, just decimates the man, and just gets on the mic in Madison Square Garden and just says, Brock Lesnar, acknowledge me. I'm for it. But me and my buddy were talking about it because he believes Roman's going to win. I say, absolutely not. You don't build a nine-month storyline of, of Brock constantly getting screwed over, decimating everybody, winning the championship, losing it on technicality, winning it again for like roman to win it unless i'm calling it now for the big stakes because we're we're about a month away so i gotta do a big time the best way to book brock lesnar and roman reigns at wrestlemania francisco it's for the love of christ do he left them bloody on the steps man it was great you do not have them do a standard match once again you did that at crown jewel bruh you were gonna do that at day one before rona roman got the rona you put that in a cage you put it in hell in a cell where if Roman does beat this monster Brock, it's not clean, but it's going to war and someone finally dropped the nuke, right? I, mean, I don't know if that's appropriate given the modern times, but that's how big it is in the wrestling scale. That's how I would do it because remember, it's a unification, winner take all, title match, all this other fun stuff. That's me. That's how I feel with it. Wrestling, though, with WrestleMania, it's also very, um, you know celebrity based what happened over the weekend or on friday ricochet is your new intercontinental champion because johnny knoxville screwed over Sami Zayn. yeah they're still doing that johnny knoxville showed up at wrestle or royal rumble Sami Zayn and him are gonna have a match okay fine logan paul for some reason is gonna be on my wrestlemania again he's gonna be teaming up with the miz against the mysterios yeah this wrestlemania is very like it's mid the word i want to use because it could be great now we know what i'm up for we're up for edge and aj you already know my excitement from it. I'm so excited for that. AJ's faking like a storyline injury after that concerto. Edge came in in a suit on Monday saying, yo, WTF, I do this because I can because I'm a badass dude. Um, mind you, we have also new Raw Tag Team Champions. RK Bro won the title from Chad Gable and Otis, Alpha Academy, and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. There's a reason why I'm mentioning the name now. The moonsault into the RKO was stellar. Not the best RKO I've seen out of nowhere. That was always going to be reserved for WrestleMania with Seth Rollins with the stop, and he got him. But it's good stuff. Good for Ricochet to get the IC belt. The guy should always be on my TV. His character work can be kind of bland, but you're only working with what you're given in creative. But good for him. For some reason, it's like, hey, we're going to push it. WrestleMania is going to be – yeah, well, look how finesse he is, man. Look how athletic. I love him. You know, he has some damn good matches. You want to watch some good Ricochet matches in WWE? Watch him versus AJ Styles at SummerSlam. Watch him – versus Adam Cole for the North American Championship. Watch him versus Velveteen Dream. Damn good stuff, sirs. And also watch him in the NXT Tag Championship match against Viking Raiders when he was teaming up with Aleister Black. Damn good stuff, sir. 
he, he can bring it. It's just, you know, you got to make the underdog work. So the IC title is good. Um, there's some predictions we'll go into, but not just yet. But something big kind of happened. I sent you in the chat, and this is where I'm going to kind of be on the focal point for five to ten minutes. So Kevin Owens wants to be at WrestleMania. Kevin Owens' finisher is the stunner. Kevin Owens, or now it is, is used to be a pop-up powerbomb. He's also one of the guys who used to be a ring of honor. Not an OG, but good enough when he was Kevin Steen. And he's been hating on Texas. There's some famous dudes from Texas wrestling wise. There's the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. There's The Undertaker. And there's also Steve Austin. So he told Stone Cold Steve Austin to show up, come to WrestleMania for the KO show. Austin releases a clip today, which I sent you guys. And he said, yeah, I'll be there and open up a one last can of whoop ass. Fuck it, I'm for it, man. Fine. You know, it, I don't know if it's going to be a match. I will tell you this. Vince is not going to let Owens get buried so badly in a segment show for to eat a stunner. That's it. I think he's going to let some hands be thrown. I think, hell, you know, if Austin shows up before WrestleMania, Owens is going to get him with a stunner. What this is, though, is that it's WrestleMania with stuff they're trying to say is the most stupendous WrestleMania because the preview just came on as I'm talking. But you're bringing in Stone Cold Steve Austin. We love nostalgia. And some people say, oh, you know, the thing about wrestling is that they can never, um, you know, let go of the past. They can't build new stars. But that's for every sport, is it not? There's a reason why Drew Brees is now on my NBC Sunday Night Sports broadcast. There's a reason why that Shaq and Charles Barkley are there on my NBA, you know, tonight or whatever it is. We don't count Kenny. Kenny's just there, but Kenny's not on a shack and um, not Barkley a level, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a Hall of Famer. And then with baseball, I don't know. That, that They rotate that too much. I feel like there's actually not real Which legitimate is, great dudes. Uh, another problem baseball. baseball has, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying, you know, granted, no one's saying, hey, bring in Derek Jeter to be on the broadcast. Oh. I, I will watch it every night. <laughs> Instead, well, I'm relegated to – yeah. yeah, I'm relegated to Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, Pedro. You know, half the point. <laughs> So, right. So it's just one of those things where you, you wonder and it comes into it. Um, but wrestling holds on to the old timers just as much as we do. The only difference is that they're competing. Right. But granted, that's changed a little bit because the NBA, they'll be at the, you know, the, the what's the other um, alternative brand name? The Ice Cube brand, the big three brand. Mm-hmm. So shit, there's some dudes who are coming back man, for the extra paycheck. Yeah. They're showing up for the celebrity stuff. So why can't we hold on to it? I don't think this is going to be a match. Austin's 57 years old. But mind you, Sting is 62, and he wrestled a match at Revolution. So are we just hating on WWE for just one thing and we're just ignoring AEW? Because I really think, Francisco, if you're going to say, oh, WWE is pathetic, trying to get a 57-year-old Austin, you know, trying to wrestle WrestleMania. How old is Goldberg again? Goldberg's like 52, though, but Goldberg's actually in super shape and he doesn't have a broken neck. Okay, all right, yeah. But if you like AEW and you're supporting Sting being 62 and going, mm-hmm. you're full of it. Yeah. You might the booking might be different. There's a reason why Sting is in tag team matches because you don't have to do as much work. The guy came up for flamethrower, awesome. Um, but you, there's a reason why legends matter, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's not, and for the love of God, please for the one person who does like Jake the Snake Plumber still. It's not like or Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm thinking Jake the Snake. Jake the quarterback for the Cardinals. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, it, it, we're thinking Jake the Snake Roberts. It's not like he's coming in for one more match in AEW or WWE. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin, the guy who catapulted the WWE era 
into the attitude era with Vince McMahon, you know, if there was no, technically if there was no Bret Hart helping Austin out, but uh, I'll digress. That might be one of those slow days at the news. And I'll just kind of go into and divide why you guys need to watch WrestleMania 13 and see the double turn. Um, but I'm for it. Fuck it. Why not, man? Because I love Kevin Owens. I have a shout out to Kevin Owens. He's big fatty. I follow him on Twitter. I, I think he's just a breath of fresh air. No, he's not going to be booked constantly, but here's the thing about wrestling. No one's ever booked to liking what we like. I can attest to that in and of itself. But imagine what's going to happen. What think about Kevin Owens, the performer right now, and the employee Vince McMahon directly negotiated with him allegedly. What does it mean if Vince goes to you as a wrestler and says, "Hey, I'm gonna put you on the biggest pay per view that we run. You're gonna have maybe a match, maybe not a match, but you're gonna have a segment, and you're gonna have a segment with this man, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you're probably gonna eat a stunner." But what does that say to you? Isn't that the ultimate minting in wrestling? Isn't that certified in and of itself what your legacy is and cementing your legacy? Because here's the thing. We talk about cementing legacies. I feel like this is a good point to come into it. Some legacies are cemented with victories. Some legacies are cemented in losses because someone's got to lose most of the time, right? But damn it, you can still lose and come out strong with it. And I want to see where it goes. Now, mind you, it's also Vincent McMahon, and he gives me what I want. And then he screws it up too. That's the hard part. That's why I'm also concerned about AJ Edge, which I think they're putting on night two. So I don't even want to kind of watch night one, Francisco, because I got Roman Brock in that payoff of a nine month storyline. And then I got AJ Edge on night two. What the hell do I need to watch night one for? For Austin and Owens? After I just wax poetically about it, I'm like, I can just YouTube that ish. They need to fix that. They need to fix it big time. And right now, I'm going to see this triple threat match, Braun Breaker. Hopefully, he, uh, as a next generation, does some stuff. But if not, everybody's going to think about his daddy and his uncle, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. Big Papa Pump has got the hookup holler, if you hear me. And that's all I got for you this week on The Cage. Okay. Well, this show has gone on pretty long. But we talked about very important matters. So I'm, I'm glad we had a stark contrast between the first half of the show and then the ending of the second half before heading into The Cage. But yeah, this is a good one. So we have probably a couple more before we take our normal break, which... We don't have baseball, so it's actually more justified. Yeah, and I guess the playoffs will eventually start. So we'll probably take a few weeks off, uh, have the draft as well, and we'll probably be in the thick of the playoffs. Hopefully the Heat and the Panthers are both still in it by that point we come back. All right, well, bye everybody. Have a good night. Take care.